Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. We're back, and it's episode Yay. 150. Woo-hoo. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy do who fans Hope you've all had a cracking week Crack, A cracking few weeks I would say mm. It's all been kicking off while we're away isn't it <laughs> Do you know what we've been gone for a couple of weeks And what yeah. happens eh I know The whole Typical. thing goes into meltdown <laughs> <laughs> So yeah I hope you all guys have uh, Chilled out and had a good few weeks It was a good time for us to take a break Mm. With the end of of uh, series ten, yeah, and all that it seems like a good time to put our feet up, have a cup of tea, mm. and relax. A and, couple of cups of tea, uh, yes, and just bathe as a fan mm. in all that's un- unravelled and unfolded. So we've got yeah, we've got a jam packed show for one fifty. Got a bit of news to go through. Most of it's just little small diddy stuff, not important. Mm. Yeah, uh, We've got a slightly different show this week. If you guys remember from a couple of weeks ago, we said we're going to do a slightly different one. So there's no uh, episode review or such. So we're going to bang through the news. We've got some top fives because we haven't done one of those in a while. So we've got some Q&A first. Right, right off through the news, some Q&A, some top fives. And then we've got a giveaway. Cool little giveaway. A very nice little giveaway, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. stick around uh, towards the end where we'll hit mm. you with a question and you'll be able to, to nab something cool. So how have you been, buddy? How has your the last couple of weeks been for you? You've been away, uh, haven't you? Yeah, I have, yeah. It's been a, I, was, I was saying to you just before we kicked off, it's uh, yeah, it's been nice to have a break, but uh, what, what are two weeks to take off? Because uh, everything's kind of kicked off since we've, <laughs> we've been off air for these last two weeks. So, yeah, I've had a, a nice couple of weeks. I went to Italy for a week and really did have a, a good old chill out out there. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, back to normality for this week. I've, I got back just in time for the announcement on the Sunday. Oh, yeah. um, yep. So that's all good. I actually managed to get back on the Sunday for that. Um, and we'll talk about that later, obviously. But yeah, no, it's it's been good. And now I'm really just gearing up for LFCC. I'm sort of straight back into it now because um, we we've both got LFCC this weekend, Yay. London Film and Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad it's finally coming around, though. I don't know about you, but we I suppose it's been nearly a year, is it, since we first said about going? And it's you know it's sort of been coming around, coming around, been looking at who's been added and yep. loads of dot two people have been added and stuff and it's finally here this weekend <laughs> so i'm yeah i'm ready for it i'm definitely up for this 
Um, it's going to be a pretty mad day. The Saturday's actually sold out, and I'm just hoping it's not going to be too packed because I think when it we went be. last year, it, yeah, we went on the Sunday last year, didn't we? And it wasn't too bad. So I'm I'm a little bit, yeah, I've got visions of it being a bit mad. But yeah, looking forward to that. Yes. I'm a little bit disappointed because Derek Jacobi cancelled yesterday and uh, here's one of the people I'd booked and I've never met Sir Derek Jacobi. Um, and uh, although he only did that one one episode of um, of Doctor Who Utopia, I, I do think he was fantastic in that episode. And it, to me, he's a, he's a brilliant master. Hmm. Um, and I don't know about you, mate, but whenever I meet somebody from from at these events from TV or whatever, I never really know what to say. I normally just sort of <laughs> shuffle up. Hello, can you sign to Adam, please, and move along? I never, you know, like some people, like in the queue, they'll chat for ages and you like stood there going, come on, you know, and I never really know what to say. Yeah. But for once, for once, I was ready for it because I thought, well, yeah, when I meet Derek Jacobi, I'm going to say, really pleased that you're doing the big finish stuff and you know talk to him a bit about that so i actually had something in mind for him um which has now <laughs> gone out the window <laughs> but i was yeah i was looking forward to him so a little bit disappointed he's cancelled but still loads of other great people there loads of uh, bernard cribbins is there he's a bit of a legend isn't he he is yep yeah lala ward uh, <laughs> benedict cumberbatch i know you're not much of a sherlock fan but i'm very excited to be getting a photo of him despite the ridiculous price <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous isn't it it is ridiculous, yeah. What was his uh, one? It's 75 quid or something. 75 yeah. quid, yeah. I know, I gave in. Um, McCoy's there, obviously. He'll probably be playing the spoons. He's doing a free talk as well, so hopefully me and you'll get to go to that if the timings work out. Yes. Because uh, he's normally quite good fun in, in the talks, is, uh, is Sylvester. He tends to go out in the crowd a lot, doesn't he, and, and interact a bit and stuff. So He'll have the old spoons out, no doubt. He's bound to have the yep. spoons out. And then... Very, very late in the day, um, Matt Lucas got added to the lineup. And yes. uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I was as soon as he got added, I was like, yes, definitely meeting him. And then I saw the price tag, and he's £40 for a photo, 40 for an auto. And I thought, oh, that's a little bit pricey. As much as I love old Nardi, <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite... Me, it's a little bit... Cause, well, mainly because of all the other money I've spent. <laughs> that's a little bit much but i don't know what do you think are you gonna are you gonna meet matt you're gonna get an auto or a photo with him old nardy old nardy yeah i'm not sure i'm undecided because um it's just the price really i mean he's if he was 20 i wouldn't even think twice well that's the thing with uh with these stars that are sort of mainstream at the moment when you're in a, a popular show or 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 a film that's out at the moment you've got that you've got that ability to whack the price up a little bit because people yeah. will pay for it, obviously. So I'm not sure. I might, mm, You're tempted. At, at the moment, it's a no, but I might be tempted on the day. If the if the excitement grabs me on the day and he hasn't sold out, then, then maybe. Maybe. I'll tell you the one yeah. that I'm most excited about, though, because he cancelled. Um, I went to Collectomania a couple of months ago to meet him. And uh, just like Derek Jacobi, he cancelled about a week or two before. Um, but hopefully he won't cancel this one. And that's Derek, uh, not Derek Jacobi, David Bradley. David Bradley, yes. Deadly Bradley, yeah. yeah. Very, very excited. He's there on the Sunday and I've got a photo booked with him. Um, and uh, he just see, he's just one of those guys. Ever since Adventure in Space Time, I've just wanted to meet him. He just In interviews and stuff, he just mm -hmm. comes across as such a nice guy. So I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, to meeting him on the Sunday. Um, I'm sure you'll be with me on that one. Uh, yes, he's on my list as well. Yeah, he's yeah. a definite. He's a definite. He's a defo. 
Yeah. So that's yeah. it, really, mate. Apart from swanning around Italy and drinking lots of wine and eating loads of pasta and <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, just just LFCC for me. I haven't really been doing laughs, really. What about yourself? You've been watching any any classics or anything like that? Or I have. Yes, I have. Yeah? Uh, I have jumped into the. Uh, into, I've watched a few classics actually over the last couple of weeks. Have you? Yeah, because I haven't really done much. I've been to. I, I was up in Newcastle uh, with the family uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I went into the Forbidden Planet there. Oh, I saw your photos, actually, yeah. Yeah, because they've moved locations. They've moved, like, three or four shops down. But it's now a superstore. So before, um, anyone that's been to the Newcastle shop will know it was very, very old in there, quite small. Mm. Um, but they've now upgraded it, so it looks very much like the London megastore. Oh, cool. So it's got that, you know, it's all clean light <laughs> and all that. And it's actually really cool. They've, they've, they've copied the layout, and it works quite well. So upstairs, I mean, they've got... You know, it's about half the size of the London one. Yeah. Well, about two-thirds of the size. Um, they haven't really got much merch in there at the minute. Um, but upstairs, and then they've got a new downstairs bit, and that's where they've got all the books and comics and and all that. So that works quite well. Uh, so that was good just to have a, a Mosu there. Um, did I pick up any Who stuff in there? I don't think so. Picked up a couple of Rick and Morty bits, but no, no. Oh, didn't you stuff. buy the book? You bought the Time Lord book, didn't you? Because I remember. Th- oh, sorry, remember, yes. we, yeah. yeah, remember we spoke about it the week before, and you got it. Yeah, yes, which is a very nice book. Yeah, so that's really cool. I haven't started reading that yet, but that's um, mm. it's a really nice book, really, really nice. Uh, and then I frequented the old haunt as well last weekend. I was in the old Who shop. Oh yeah, yeah. It was funny overhearing the um, uh, the owner in there because they were uh, they were over in San Diego for the big Comic-Con. Oh, right, yeah. So it was funny listening to them talk about what they thought it was going to be like. <laughs> mm. And uh, they, I think they thought it was going to be quite quiet. Really? <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they had a decent-sized stall there, uh, the, the, they were saying. Um, and, and the staff didn't go. I think it was just the owner and her husband yeah. were over there, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, she was saying that she was going to leave the hut, leave hubby to it for a bit and go and get a cup of tea and come back and, you know, have a leisurely chat with some fans and things like that. And I thought, no, (laughs) (laughs) no. (laughs) So, uh, most of our listeners will probably know that the San Diego Comic-Con is like the big daddy. It's like the Comic-Con. Whenever anyone says just Comic-Con, that's the San Diego one. They don't even need to put San Diego in front of it anymore. So, uh, yeah, I think she was, yeah, a bit deluded about how busy it actually gets there. If you think about anyone that's been to the uh, the MCM London one or the Showmasters London Film and Comic Con, it's like that, but about twenty times larger, mm. fifty times busier, and uh, yeah, twenty times more expensive as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go there, wouldn't you? Is this the one where they've just because they they had a panel talk there, didn't they, with Peter and? Um, the, the mothball and all that they're all there actually i think matt lucas was there and stuff um i think some of the panels have been put up online i don't know if you've had a chance to see them i i haven't actually i must must have a look but yes. apparently peter yep. was amazing in the panel they were just everyone was saying like what an ambassador for the show that man is so yes. i don't know what he was saying up there but it obviously went down very well yeah he gave a little uh he gave a little speech sort of thing uh sort of a big thank you to the moth and <laughs> uh and to pearl and the, you know the the makers of the show and so on but yeah it was a really really good panel actually and Capaldi he just it, it's blatantly obvious that he's got so much love for the role and for the show mm. and there's almost a little part of me that thinks that he doesn't really want to go as well it's like a little yeah. you know I know that 
as with all the previous actors have said, that it's a very demanding role and it does sort of sap your energy for almost an entire year. But there's, it almost feels like he's not quite ready to go. I think, it, I think there's another series in him. I definitely think yep. that because, and also I think finally a lot of people have been won over by Capaldi because, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, there's, I would say up until series 10, there was quite a lot of, um, it was very mixed feelings to Capaldi from fandom. There was, you know, there was a bit of a, I wouldn't say divide there, but you know, he, he seems to have won over a lot of fans. Like a lot of people really have jumped on board and now really love his doctor. And I think probably down to the writing because uh, of how he was written in series eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they got that right in series 10. So not really Capaldi's fault, but I definitely have seen a shift yes. of, of support towards Capaldi's doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people are really gutted he's leaving. And I, I agree with you, mate. I think he's definitely got another series in him yep. uh, for sure. Um, it almost feels like he's just left that series too soon, really. He's done a Davison. You know, like Davison was just starting to rock and roll as his doctor. And, you know, he's on fire in Kazer and Dazani and then he leaves. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just another series would have been fantastic. But yeah. yeah. So he did yeah, an amazing panel. That was really good. There was also a classic mm. Doctors panel as well. Oh, was there? So, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so over there we had um, Peter Davison, Colin Baker and. Oh, they weren't fighting on stage, were they? No, no. Uh, and Sophie Aldred as well. Oh, really? So those three did a, a panel there as well and one thing that really surprised me was just how huge the doctor who is there now mm, i know yeah so i mean it it's always been very popular so i remember watching some panel videos from years ago when david tennant and john barrowman were there with russell t davies and you know the place was packed because they had they did like a special screening of one of the doctor who episodes plus a torchwood episode and it was packed mm. but the amount of people that were queuing for the Capaldi panel with Moff and, and everyone else. Uh, Mark Gatiss was there as well and some other people. And it was mental. I mean, it was the same amount of people that were trying to get into the panel than mm. there was for like the Marvel movies and the really? DC movies. It's just, it's huge. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Who is massive there. So, you know, you can completely, when you see like that, the crowds and the amount of people that it draws, that's when the sort the that's when the penny drops, and you can absolutely see why a lot of stars go to the U.S. conventions. Yeah, because yeah. there's they they do conventions. Let's be honest, they do conventions very well. Our U.S. Yeah. friends, they really do. So they really make the most of it. The, there's a lot more cosplay going on, a lot more events, a lot more social meetups, and everything around it. So it was really cool. That it was really cool to see the Doctor Who represented. At the San Diego one, so that was really cool. Yeah, I know. I was trying to explain it to. I was, I was talking to this about with a friend actually at the weekend, and I, I was saying about you know, uh, we were talking about merchandise. Actually, we were saying, well, how come so much great merchandise doesn't get released in the UK? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was saying, and it's because of that. It's because obviously the volumes that they sell. <laughs> Uh, you know, in this in America and stuff, it is so much more. It's you know, I know it's a UK show, and we want all that merchandise. But at the end of the day, if it's not selling in the same quantities as they could sell it over there, then why why you know why would we get it? And it is the same with the you know the big actors appearing at the US cons. I think you know they can they can afford to pay them a lot more money to appear there. Yeah. Um. So it's very frustrating for us Brits, but it's uh you know there is a reason for it. It's not that the you know it's not that. Capaldi doesn't want to do the UK. In fact, I, I think he 
probably will do some in over the next couple of years, don't you? I, I think I can see Capaldi like doing LFCC in a couple of years, maybe or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I would. I would say so. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was uh, all that, and uh, yeah, I have watched a few um, uh, classics. It's been so good to get back watching classic mm. crew because yeah. we've been doing uh, series ten for the last. Oh crikey, when did series ten kick off? Oh, back in um, April. Back in April, April with the pilot, yeah. wasn't it? The yeah. pilot, yeah. So it's been great to watch some classics. I've watched the Aztecs, uh, Caves of Androzani, Survival, yeah, uh, the Web of Fear. Uh, oh wow! Robot, and also yesterday, I watched Remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, really? Mm. Due yes. to somebody's very cool video review. Oh right! Oh, you saw that, did you? The Who Addicts Classic oh, Week, no. yeah. Yeah, I was pleased to be part of the Classic Week, and that was an idea I've had in my head for a while to do this little video, just talking. It's basically a love letter to Remembrance, and um. And uh, and a little bit of a location thing in the middle, going mm. back to some of the locations there. So, yeah, if you want to see that video, listeners, go and check out the Who Addicts um, YouTube channel. It's on there. Remember, Remembrance has just gone up. Just a little, quite short, six-minute video. Um, I had to do it very quickly because obviously I was going to Italy. So I, I just sort of was had a week to sort of put it all together. So it's a little bit rushed, but I was quite pleased that it came out. I would have, looking back on it, I would have liked to have gone a little bit more in depth, but mm-hmm. um, just didn't get the, the chance. Because I didn't, I realised there's there's not much, um, it's quite biased. It's basically just saying how good it is. There's nothing, <laughs> I was thinking I haven't really put anything, you know, I'm sure that I do find it hard to criticise Remember, so I do think it's it's a almost flawless episode. But <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but I, uh, funny enough, someone, I was saying to that to one of the Who Addicts guys, and they were saying, well, I was like, oh, I wish I could have gone a bit more in depth looking back at the video. And they're like, yeah, but that's what the Big Blue Box podcast is for. And I was like, true, true. So um, yeah. we are going to revisit that as well, aren't we? So we are. We will. Yes. We will go more in depth about remembrance um, in the future, not yeah. too distant future. I think. I think um, we are going to do that. Yeah, we're probably going to do a, years out, uh, a series of revisits on yeah. certain episodes. Yeah, because opinions do change over time and yeah stuff, which is why it was so difficult to come up with our top fives because. If we did this again in six months' time, they'd probably be different, or some of them would be different. So, uh, oh, definitely yeah. would. Yeah, my opinion of stuff changes like the wind. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yes. So that's what we've been up to. Shall we land the TARDIS and do some news? Yeah. First up, Doctor Who magazine. Those of you that subscribe or have read the magazine for the last, crikey, the last 10 years, I would say, nine, 10 years, uh, it would have been overseen by um, Tom Spilsbury. Mm. And if you know the name, uh, that's because he's been the editor for Doctor Who magazine since it must be. It's so long that he's been overseeing that. I think, yeah, it says here, yeah, it's August 2007. Yeah, so 10 years. Uh, So he's been uh, the editor there. And although I don't subscribe to the the magazine, I have picked up so many issues. Mm. In hindsight, I probably should subscribe (laughs) because I think you you get it cheaper, don't you, anyway, if you subscribe. Um, I I subscribe to, yeah, you get, you get quite a good, you get quite a good discount, but uh, as long as you don't mind it being folded in half and, and. (laughs) Arrive <laughs> with half the pages missing from your no, place. No, it's yeah. a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah, no, I, it is. 
it is cheaper to subscribe yeah yeah uh, so i picked up so many issues and it really is um he's done a fantastic job on that magazine because if you think about the amount of content that they've crammed in over yeah. the past 10 years they always they always manage to bag interviews with everybody in doctor who so classic and modern and mm. even people that you you would think were so busy or you know whatever he always make sure that there's interviews with the current actors, the producers, the writers, you know, everybody's in there and they've done some great, I found in my, um, when I was having a clear out last week, I found, um, at the bottom of my wardrobe, episode five, episode issue 500, mm. uh, still unopened. Oh, well. <laughs> and also the really cool Tom Baker one they did the month after. Oh yeah. 501 unopened. So I've still got that to look forward to. I'll tell you one of my favourite ones they did was the the Davison interview. Yes. Uh, which I think yeah. might have been 502, was it? It was like after the Tom it Baker was. one, wasn't it? If yeah. I remember rightly. Um, that was a that was a, a great interview because he was really honest in it, wasn't he? Um, was yeah. it Benjamin Cook who interviewed him? I, it was. I forget yeah. now, yeah. 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 Um, and they, yeah, they just, like you said, they're, they're, you know, it's good because they're, you know, I think over the years that they've probably under Tom's sort of um, watchful eye, they've they've become less um, biased, if you like. So I think you know they're they're not afraid to sort of uh, mix it up a bit and give honest opinions now, which I think maybe wasn't always the case. I think you know, uh, well, possibly it was, but certainly the interviews now have become more frank um, yeah. and, and truthful. So yeah, I, I must admit, I love, even though you know it does sometimes arrive a bit bad. I love expecting a doctor magazine to drop through the letterbox in fact i think i might even get one today because it's it's due out in the uk tomorrow thursday or That's yesterday right. if you're listening to this on the day of release um and sometimes it arrives a day early quite often it does so uh i might even get one today and it is just that feeling i mean i don't it's like waiting for a parcel and that you think oh might get a new doctor magazine for the post today and it is it is cool <laughs> it's very <laughs> cool yeah uh, so he took over his first episode was issue uh, 387 back in August mm. 2007 uh, and he leaves uh, his last one will be this month one 515 which I think is the end of an era which is um, a bit of a two-pronged uh, subtle title there because he's leaving it's his last one but it also goes through everything to do with the Moffs era yeah I was gonna say yeah. it feels like it's kind of tight you know the, I didn't realize he'd been editor for so long actually but it mm. does feel like we are going into a new era of Doctor Who and he probably just thinks it's a good time to move on and it it's a bit like when Russell left and it? it's as if everyone's leaving at the same time and a whole new the new gang are coming in and all that sort of stuff so yeah it feels yeah. like the time you might be right for it um possibly yeah. yeah and he's a lovely guy as well um I've spoken to him numerous times on Twitter and mm. yeah he, he's a really cool guy and he, and he he's an absolute fan of the show as well which if he wasn't, I don't think the magazine would be as good. He absolutely loves Doctor Who, so yeah, that's why I'm hoping yeah. it will continue to. I mean, I'm assuming who's taken over from him, Marcus uh, Hearn. Marcus Hearn. Yeah. So um, he's already uh, contributes towards the magazine, I believe. So it'd be interesting. He'll put he'll want to put his own stamp on the mm-hmm. on it, I suppose. So it'd be interesting to see what he changes because, like you said, um, Doctor Who. You know, they've sort of kept the same sort of format for those those 10 years and it's been a successful format so see what they do with it but um yeah be be good to have a fresh fresh editor on it for see what they do yeah Mm. right in other news then um some sad news actually uh we lost two two actors from from the classic series uh this week last week 
last week. Depending on when, week, when this, yeah. yeah. So um, in quite quite close concession. So first of all, Trevor Baxter uh, very sadly passed away. Half of Jago and Lightfoot, Professor Lightfoot, uh, at the age of 84. Um, and on a, on a personal note, I met Trevor um Last year, I think, at a Phantom event, and uh, they had uh, Christopher Benjamin was there as well. So they had the sort of Jago and Lightfoot photo shoot. And the two guys together, I tell you, were just exactly what you'd imagine. <laughs> they were, it was literally just, you know, the, the way they spoke, that they're, they're so, the gentle mannerisms, just two real classic gentlemen, like you'd expect, and very, very nice. So very sad to, to hear of the passing of Trevor Baxter. Yeah. And that was followed, um, unfortunately, very closely by the passing of Deborah Watling who, of course, played uh, the companion Victoria to to the second Doctor. Um, I haven't got it in front of me, but I think Deborah was 69, wasn't she? She was, um, yes. Yeah, yes, I think it was 69. a short battle yeah. with, um, with, with cancer, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, and I, just, I don't want to be like, oh, I met them, I met them. But I have to say, I, did, I met Deborah at Cardiff last year, um, and... We really did, and this is not, I'm not just saying this as, as you know, uh, as exaggeration. We really did have one of the nicest chats I can ever remember. Um, and it, we were basically talking about missing episodes. And uh, she was sort of saying she would love, you know, like her, her first story um, uh, and some of the Dalek stories and stuff. And she was just, you know, really, really knew her, her stuff more than I can because I can't think of the names of them, which won't surprise any of our listeners now. But but she really knew her stuff and was very passionate about her time in the show and saying, basically saying how upset she was that so much of it's missing and, and the stories that she would like to see found. Um, and, yeah, we, we were probably chatting for a good 15, 20 minutes. And, oh, cool. um, yeah. and I wasn't holding up the queue. <laughs> I was with a friend and I was, you know, because I'm always aware of someone's behind me. But, but I sort of caught her at a really good time when, when most of the people had got her autograph. And so it's towards the end of the day. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a chat I'll always remember because it was really, really nice just, just to sort of have this very casual chat with her and for her to be so knowledgeable and passionate about her time on the show um so yeah very sad to, and i was really shocked i don't know about you especially coming so close after trevor baxter's death yeah and this yep. was announced it really really knocked me for six this one but um yeah deborah watling um obviously passed away which is very sad really sad yeah uh last no second to last bit of news um we have details of the christmas special yes it's it's July. It's July, and yeah, it's too soon. Well, that's Comic Con for you. I know. Yeah, blame those guys. Yeah. Anyways, following on from the Doctor Falls at the very end, uh, I don't need to say spoilers. It's been out long enough now. It's been out yeah. a few weeks. For you guys should have seen it by now. Uh, if you haven't, by some crazy turn of events, you haven't seen it. You don't know of the last scene, then pause here or fast forward whatever. but anyway at the very last scene at the doctor falls uh, the doctor fighting his regeneration uh bumps into his former self bumps into the first doctor played by david bradley and that obviously sets up the um the storyline for the christmas special which has now been titled twice upon a time mm. and uh i thought it was going to be called the doctor's yeah, I thought it was so. Long. I, I've got to be honest. Um, I think "Twice Upon a Time" is an awful title. <laughs> I mean, I was like when I, when, I, when that was announced, I really did say, "Are you sure?" Oh, that's ghastly. But, it's ghastly. Um, it's ghastly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm not not impressed with title. But the moth does have a habit of picking 
dreadful yeah. Christmas titles like Last Christmas and A Christmas Carol. And he's not very good with titles, is he? When he, it comes yeah. to Christmas, he's not very good at Christmas. No. Full stop. Is he really? <laughs> no, no, that's true. Let's be honest. He doesn't. I wouldn't want to be around the Moss House at Christmas. He probably does Christmas Day very poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there'd be lots of jokes about having a christmas turkey on the tv i should think yeah. but hopefully he's got it right with this one because i don't know about you mate but I, as much as i i still think it's a bit soon to be having all these spoilers about the christmas special myself but i must admit the trailer i loved it i i absolutely loved it um you know just seeing hartnell's doctor come out of the old tardis prop and and seeing hartnell morph into david bradley at the start and stuff i, I thought it was a great trailer Very um, good. and it must have yeah. been put together so quickly because they've literally only just started filming haven't they so they really must have gone some to put that that all together yes i think they've uh well i think they've they're done with most of capaldi's scenes now and Oh, he's wrapped, isn't he? Uh, he's actually I wrapped, believe, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it does look very interesting. And we've got, well, some good news. You know, the title's not great, twice upon a time. Um, mm. But some good news that Pearl Mackie's back. She's returning as Bill. Yeah. Which yeah. I didn't see coming. I thought that was, we saw the very last of her. I thought she was yeah. done. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, but she's back. She has a nice little bit in the trailer where she's, you know, really pleased to see the Doctor. Um, which is nice. Um, and we have Mark, <laughs> Mark Gattis has popped up in Doctor Who once more. You can't get rid of him. <laughs> I know. In fact, it, um, who's the other guy that's in it? Is it um, Jamie Matheson or someone? No, who's a, the other guy in it is a writer, apparently. The, the other guy that's dressed as an army soldier. It's, um, it's not Jamie Matheson. Who is it? I don't know. It's somebody else. And it does make me wonder if the Moff is going to be putting in little cameos from all of his, <laughs> you know, all the staff. From his era, just a little love letter. Yeah, he um, was in it. Uh, I don't know. You get a shot of another soldier that's frozen in time, and it's uh, well, it might be uh, Whithouse actually. Might be Toby Whithouse. Is it? Um, so yeah, so yeah, Gatiss is back as uh, some sort of soldier, British soldier. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think it looks really good fun. I've just got to say, I, I am really excited about it. Um, I initially wasn't sure how I felt about. Bradley coming back as Hartnell. Um, as right. much as I love him as Hartnell, I really do. I absolutely love an Adventure in Space Time, but it did seem a bit odd to be bringing him back as Hartnell when he's as uh, as the first Doctor when he played Hartnell. But I, I, I've definitely come around to the idea. What, what about you? you? Do you think it's think it's good? Yeah, I think it's well. It has um, it, it has its obvious uh, hype about it because it's Capaldi's last and it's a regeneration story. So that always mm. provides, you know, a, a big level of excitement, you know, but I, I think, yeah, I mean, Mark Gates is playing this character. I've, at first glance, I thought, God, no, this is not some weird incarnation of the Brigadier, is it? Or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. I've heard people say that, which worried me as well. Yeah. But I don't think yeah. it is. I, I think we're safe on that, on that respect. I'm really glad that Bill's back. Um, and I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the interaction between Capaldi and, and Bradley. I'm really looking forward to all that yeah. stuff. So I think this could be the Moth's best Christmas episode. I, I'm going to yeah. say that now. I think this could be one of the best that he's that he's done. And I hope that they, I hope they make the most of Capaldi in mm. his last story. I, ho I hope the regeneration doesn't happen sort of halfway through. You know, I, I hope that they they make the most of him, and it happens at the end, like we we we're used to seeing. So, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome. 
Mm. I've got to I've got to say I wasn't initially pleased when I first saw Bill was back because I kind of felt like they'd wrapped up her story quite nicely. Um, so I've I've got to be honest, I did groan a bit when I saw her come in. I was like, oh no, he couldn't. The moth's done it again. He's had to be. But do you know what? The more I thought about it, um, the more I am pleased actually because I did love, I did really like uh, Bill as a character. So I am I am pleased she's back and. Also, I was thinking about the way she left and how she thought the Doctor was dead and all that. And so I'm kind of pleased, actually, that she'll come back and actually mm. get to see that he survived and stuff. So I've come around to the idea. But, yeah, I, I don't know. When she first popped up on screen, I did <laughs> groan. I was like, oh, we had to. We had to do it. But, yeah, I can't wait, mate. I'm really, really excited for it. Um, we've still got months off, though. I don't want to wish Christmas here too too <laughs> quickly. Um, but I agree with you. I hope... I hope the Moffat sense Capaldi off in a good story because his Christmas specials, let's be honest, are um, are not great. So let's hope he's managed to actually go out with a because it's his last story as well, isn't it? It's let's last, hope he's managed yeah. to go out yeah. go out with a bang on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. Uh, lastly, in the news, just a small bit of news, really, to finish off. Uh, the new Thirteenth Doctor's been announced. <laughs> oh yeah, that happened as well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> Jodie Whittaker. Jodie. Yes. Now, I want to ask you, because I don't know. Huh. Did you get to see the announcement live on TV? Because it was kind of sandwiched in between the tennis and something else. Did yes. you get to see it live? I did. And it was the most bizarre thing I've <laughs> seen in, in many moons. To do really? With it was very bizarre. Yeah. It literally was just popped in the middle of some interview stuff at Wimbledon. It, right, it was right. really, really weird. So a long way off from Capaldi's whole hour-long show then. Oh, crikey. It was worlds apart. Right. Absolutely worlds strange. apart, yeah. Because the Capaldi reveal thing, I thought was... Uh, one, I thought it was completely ridiculous. I thought it was a really good programme. I thought it was a good a good build-up, although it was technically a disaster. Yeah. Um, I thought it was quite funny. I thought it was a good build-up, and Capaldi loved it, obviously. You could tell he was... Oh, the yeah. reaction was amazing yeah, when he walked out and did the lapel thing. Yeah, yeah, but this was. How, did you not see this live? Then did you catch it after? Well, 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 well. I because 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 we didn't know exactly what time it'd be going out because basically it was just being shoved on whenever the tennis finished, which could be any time. So I'm like sort of texting people all day. When 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 do you think it will be? Oh, I don't know. Sometime after five. I thought like, okay. So as long as I'm back by five o'clock, we're we're safe. Because I was I was out with my parents that day. So we're with them having a drink and I'm obviously clock watching thinking, come on, drink up. We've got to go um, drifting back in the car. It was about half four, quarter to five at the time. And I thought, yeah, it's all right. We'll get home for five o'clock. No, no worries here. Glance at my phone. What's the first thing I see? OMG, Jodie Whittaker's <laughs> said, I was like, no, what? No, no, I don't want to see that. What am I doing on Twitter? Get off. Oh, my God. And then I was thinking, so have I just ruined the announcement for myself or is that just somebody, you know, is it just Twitter waffle? Um, but so then I have to go back on my phone because we're still a good 10 minutes away and I can't stand the, you know, anticipation. And uh, yeah, sure enough, official BBC YouTube trailer. So I start watching it in the car on the way home. See her walking through the woods. And I don't know whether it's because I saw the name first, but I immediately thought I could tell by the boots and the stature that I thought, well, it's, yeah, it's a woman. I can tell it's a woman. And I must admit, I couldn't think who Jodie Whittaker was <laughs> until she put the hood down. And then it was like, oh, her from Broadchurch. Right. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I had about a five minute end to that car journey to, to sort of let it all sink in. Right. And I wasn't very pleased that I'd sort of 
seen it that way. I was really just wanted to get home and watch it on the TV like everyone else. So I was gutted that it went out earlier than everyone thought. Um, so yeah, then I come back and watched it again. And uh, yeah, my my initial thought was was a bit shocked actually. I was like, oh, they've actually cast a female Doctor. Wow, you know, I was thinking yeah. this is you know we've been talking about this, but um, I personally I didn't think they'd do it this time. I thought they'd play it safe. Right. So initially I was a little bit shocked. And you know what? When I watched that trailer on the channel, on the actual TV, I mean, I loved it. Apart from the terrible CGI TARDIS, which I could not get over, <laughs> which initially made me think that the trailer was fake. I was like, well, that's obviously fan made. So apart from that terrible TARDIS, um, I loved it, mate. And I and I really, within sort of that 10 minute car journey, I was I was absolutely 100 percent up for Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. I just, I just love the, the, I don't know, just something about her aura, the look of her. I thought, yep, she's got the sort of characteristics. This is, this mm-hmm. is something exciting, um, because I kept thinking if if that hood had come down and it had been Chris Marshall, or any, right, anyone yeah. else really, I probably would have just been like, okay, yeah, new Doctor, awesome, we've got new new Doctor, but because this is different, something different, something fresh. It really had much more buzz for me. I was like, wow, we are really going in a new direction. This is this is fresh. This is exciting. And thankfully, I've just finished blitzing all three series of Broadchurch because I'd never oh, watched right. it. You know? um, and I think that was a good thing. I mean, I had no idea she was going to be the new Doctor, obviously. But I'm really pleased that I've just finished watching Broadchurch because at least I know who she is and I've got to see her acting. And, you know, and I know she's a good actor. So for me personally, mate, um, I can totally understand why there was such a big divide on fandom i think that was always going to happen um and i can see why some people might be upset because you know they've got this idea of who and what the doctor is but for me personally as someone that's watched the show since i can remember as a small kid and grew up with peter davison as the doctor i'm happy for it i I think it's what we need i think it's a real good step forward and i think her and chibnall are going to be a great team together. I think, you know, having watched Broadchurch and the way he writes characters, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's very exciting. Yeah. What about yourself? You happy? Yeah, very, very happy. Cool. Yeah, and I'm surprised at myself at how happy I was as well. Yeah? Yeah, because I mean, we we messaged each other mm. soon after, and I said to you that I, I'm loving it in a way that I didn't think that I would be. Mm. But if any of our keen-eared listeners remember i can't remember which episode it was but going back last year this subject came up on one of our episodes and i remember saying at the time that i didn't want the doctor to be a female Mm. i i vividly remember saying although i don't remember the episode i remember saying that i i I would prefer the doctor to remain a male character because that's just how the doctor has been and it would change the dynamic too much and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and as the conversation has expanded over the year where it's just been rumour after rumour and will they do it, will they not, and all that sort of stuff, um, it just sort of hit me like a like a brick in the face. It really mm. did when us, because I saw that live, and it was like, it almost felt like, you know, Who fans around the world were sat there, you know, hand in hand, you know, sort of subliminally like, this is amazing. It's a new announcement. It's going to be amazing. And then like you, when she took her hood down and that's, you could kind of see like her hand anyway. It's like a female's yeah, hand. That's you, could, it. you saw the eye as well, didn't you? You sort of close up. As soon as you saw the eye, the you eye, knew. Yeah. That was when you knew. And then when she took the hood down, mm. I don't know, it was just such an awesome moment. And, uh, 
yeah, it really did just knock me for six because I thought, freaking hell, they've, they've done it. They've, like you, I thought they were going to do it eventually, but not right now. Mm. And uh, yeah, and they've just taken that bold step and just got it out of the way. And, you know, let's just forget about gender and let's just forget about all of this stuff and let's just go forward with a cool, you know, someone like Jodie, who I think will be a brilliant doctor. Mm. I really do. Because like you, I've seen Broadchurch and I've seen some other things that she's been in as well. If anyone's seen the film Attack the Block. Oh, yeah. With, you know, now, you know, John Bayoga, you know, Finn from Star Wars. It stars him and some other people, but she's in it. And she plays a really good character in that. So um, so she has done sci-fi before. She, she you know, she she's not like... Because there are some actors where they've done a lot of period pieces. Like for me, I always think like someone like Colin Firth wouldn't get sci-fi and stuff like that because he always does like romantic or charming or period stuff like that. So she's not one of those people that have just been pigeonholed to doing like one particular role. She's very versatile and very varied. So she's a great, great actor. And I think that it's a genius bit of casting. I really do. I'm not just saying that because it's hype at the moment and it's, you know, mm-hmm. I honestly think she's going to be a great, great doctor. Yeah, I really do. She's, she's got that look already, I think. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I must admit, I know exactly where you're coming from when you say you were knocked for six because I suppose if I was to describe it, I would say I didn't know I really wanted a female doctor until we got one. <laughs> so, right, right. so like you, I think... I thought when this did happen, I thought when we, when we finally get a female doctor, I thought my reaction would be, okay, yeah, you know, um, in the nicest way, I'll see how this goes and deal with it. But what I am surprised about is actually my reaction has been ten times more than that. It's actually this real buzz of excitement um, and and like, you know, which I didn't expect. And I've got to be honest, I didn't think that I wanted a female doctor until we've now got one. And I'm mm-hmm. so excited by it. Um, and a bit like you, I'm really surprised. And, uh, you know, because I suppose I'm a bit stuck in my ways. You know, I, I've watched Doctor Who for so long. I've grew up with this character for, you know, 40 odd, uh, well, 30 something years being a man. So it's a big change for me and a lot of other Doctor Who fans. And I didn't know how I was going to react to that until it actually happened. And I'm, yeah, I'm just buzzing for it. Um, really, really excited. Yeah. And uh, let's pick up and talk very briefly about what's going on with fandom at the moment. Well, it is because I, it's gone... it was always going to divide, wasn't it? But it's, it's even, even, it shocked me how much how far things have gone, actually. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's it's really, it's gone into meltdown, or it had. I think things have simmered <laughs> down a bit now, but God, when it was first announced, it was even like Colin Baker and Peter Davison have ended up having a bit of a fallout over it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. hopefully they've managed to sort that out. But yeah, it really did mix things up um, a lot more than I was expecting, and I was expecting it anyway. So, yeah. It has, and it went absolutely just mental. And it, it already, <laughs> there's a a scene from Anchorman. I don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah, where, yeah, I've seen Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. So where everyone, you know, when all the newsreaders meet up in a car park and have a tear up, and then at the office afterwards, he's like, "Well, that escalated quickly." <laughs> yeah, it was like that because of, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was rows going on. There was, I mean, I got caught up in it a little bit. Not in a not in a way that I was causing trouble or or anything like that, but it, it it's just it's very very difficult to try and 
it's very well not that you'd want to but it's very difficult to try and make somebody be at ease with something if they feel strongly about it so mm. a lot of fans that were like this is outrageous how can the bbc possibly do this i'm never watching doctor who again he's yeah. ruined everything you know it, it's hard to say well i just try and be open-minded and just try and relax and see how it goes first you've not seen any other than this very small announcement trailer which that um i think it's either jodie whittaker or chris chibnall has said that that's not what she's going to be wearing for her costume anyway yeah it wasn't her tardis in it it was just a very small little thing filmed for the sake of the announcement so don't go on anything you've seen so far give it a chance just Mm. you know watch the first episode at least and then decide if you're not going to watch it anymore or anything like that. So it's very difficult to get that across to people. And also, I think so many people were taken out of context as well. Like I was involved in certain tweets where people, a couple of people reply back to me and say, how can you say that? That's not right. And I don't agree with, you know, you've just described me as this sort of person. And I had to say, no, 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 I'm not saying you're like that. I'm just saying in general, yeah, you know, it yeah. needs to be a bit more open-minded and and stuff like that. And you know, when I said that there was a a sad bunch of fans that you know weren't up for it and stuff like that, and again, that was taken out of context because I didn't say that people who disagreed were sad or anything like that. It was just people that were being very nasty, you know, and, and very. That's what I was surprised about. There was yeah. a, I mean, I think because I think any everyone's entitled to their view. This is a show that we are. Doctor Who fans are very passionate people when it comes to talking about Doctor Who. Very, very passionate about this show. So I I think, and I don't know because I haven't read what Peter Davison said, but I assume this is what Peter Davison was getting at is, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. You know, it's it's something that 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 people love this show. They've got an idea of what they want. And it's the same as, you know, I mean, anybody could have been cast. If you don't agree with the, if you don't like the actor that's cast, then you're, you know, you're perfectly entitled to vent about it. But I suppose because Jodie's a female, it then became a whole bigger issue, didn't it? It turned into everyone's being sexist. And to be honest with you, I I mean, a lot of the comments I saw, because I I saw us guys were getting a bit of a a bashing for being (laughs) sexist. And fair enough, there was a lot of that. But one of the things I I wanted to sort of put out there, but I didn't because I just didn't want to get involved, was most of the comments I saw saying, they were never watching it again. Blah blah blah. Were from from females. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of the female population of who were really against this. And funnily enough, a lot of the I mean, my friends who are Dot Two fans, a lot of them that are girls aren't very happy with this. No. Um, so uh, you know, I was thinking, I was, and I was saying, well, that's interesting because us guys are online are getting a real name for ourselves for being sexist, and uh, quite a lot of it actually was from from you know girls that, or females that you know actually like having this male character and 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 are very disappointed that females been cast. So it's you know, it's very divided and I think like I said, everyone's talked to opinion. It did get very heated, things boiled over, didn't it? And some yeah. stuff that was said was was not very nice and you know. Yeah. But we just need to simmer down and like you said, we gotta see where it goes. I think Doctor Who been going for fifty odd years now, it's it's as much as I enjoyed series ten and it did sort of have a fresh feel about it. It wasn't fresh enough to feel exciting like uh, this will. Like, right. Chibbers is going to give the show a new feel, uh, without a doubt. It's going to be yeah. a different style. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's what we need for the we, show to carry on. We do. It's almost like the McCoy years, 
it's almost like that where the ratings start to go down because let's be honest the ratings have been down yeah year yeah. on year so it's almost uh, like mirrors the uh series what 25 and 26 mm. with the mccoy years where the ratings are down you know it's not as popular anymore the bbc starts to um you know not give it as much love you know as it as it did in its heyday quote unquote and uh and they you know luckily for us you know it has been recommissioned up until when is it 2020 2021 so, yeah. something like yeah, that yeah 21 i think yeah so luckily for us they're not doing what they did in the classic years which is pull the plug mm. and just say you know it's it's just going nowhere luckily you know they're willing to invest in change and making it fresh and so on so we should be yeah. we should be grateful of that really because i'm pretty sure that if there was an announcement by the bbc to say series 10 will be the last from doctor who until we decide what to do with it because there was we came very very close to that there was a couple of people who i spoke to which i can't tell you who they are but there are a couple of people that i spoke to i think this was middle of last year who said that the BBC are very, very close to signing a deal to make a TV movie, uh, another movie, which would then end the series. So it was mm-hmm. going to be a, a McGann situation. Yeah. So, you know, we should be very grateful, really, that the, the Beeb are willing to, even though it's upsetting a lot of people, they're willing to make that change and, you know, make it fresh. And, and you can't argue, you know, that you can still do that with a male actor, of course. But, you know, I think it needs to... It needs to happen, and I think once people see a couple of episodes with her as the Doctor, I think it'll be. Um, well, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that a lot of minds will be changed. I think, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people will come around. It was probably the same when Capaldi was announced. A lot of people were like, "Oh, he's old. I'm not watching that again." And all you know, I think people will often try the to toys out of the pram and then you know, settle down, watch the first episode and hopefully yeah. see something they like and, and stick with it. One one argument I don't get is people saying, oh, well, that's it now. Can't turn back into a man. Oh, I'm thinking, crikey. but the doc- this is the thing with Doctor Who and this is why it's not a big issue. The Doctor can be any anyone, <laughs> you know, any any race, any any um, gender it's it's you know it, this is the good thing about doctor so there's absolutely no reason why jody when the 14th doctor is announced can't go back to being a man it's this is not like a a nail in a coffin and be all and end all you <laughs> know this is this is not this is not shutting a door on a certain area of the show this is just opening another door you know so i i, I don't get that argument of people saying well that's it, it's going to be a female now forever it the doctor can be anyone you know so that it's and this goes to prove it really. This is another reason why we do need it because some of the reservations that we had, me and you, when we were talking about it back, whenever that was, was about the BBC changing the gender of the Doctor for the wrong reason and just doing right, it to right. be PC and all that. And and I really don't think that's the case with no, this. No. I, I just think they are just opening another door. You know, there's and like I said, that door is not closing behind Jodie. We can go back. We can go forwards. We can do anything in Doctor Who. So it's it's yeah. For me, they've 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 done a, made a good move. They have, yes. Uh, yeah, I saw a lot of that as well. The BBC just um, buckling under the pressure of of PC and feminism and all that stuff. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. and if you think about it, it's complete rubbish. It, well, I'm I'm pretty sure it's rubbish. If you think back to some of the people in the past that have wanted female doctors, and we were talking like Sidney Newman back in the mm-hmm. bloody seventies, who said 
the best thing you can do is regenerate into a woman. Mm. You know, and Colin Baker's been wanting a female doctor yeah. for every convention I've gone to in the last couple of years. He's been banging on about it. He's been. Yep. I think yep. Colin is over the moon, and I, well, I can't remember his tweet, but he put out a brilliant tweet just after, didn't he? Something about she's the doctor, whether you like it or not. You know, quoting his own doctor, and I was like, I think Colin was over over the moon. Yeah, uh, he was. <laughs> uh, and yeah, just lastly, um, yeah, I think uh, that if if anyone's got such a massive problem with it then that's completely fine but just be nice <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah. only thing and- you can say because i got some i i got some some tweets because i i put out a tweet um that that evening sort of early evening it was and um i can't remember what it was exactly now but it got something like three and a half thousand retweets and you know so my phone was pinging and going mental Mm -hmm. like the whole night and some of the replies that i got i mean the c word you know Mm -hmm. i i it generated a lot and it's really that that's the thing that that i mentioned that it's really sad to see fandom descend into that level of just nastiness and Mm -hmm. you know and bio it's just horrible so you know very, very cliched, but let's just be nice. Be nice, yeah. Respect each other's opinions as well. Everybody's entitled to opinion, but let's see where we go with it. One thing's for sure, it's going to be different. Um, just yeah. one other little point, actually, that I'd like to just mention, because I just want to hear your thoughts on it. And this could be nothing, because like you said, this little trailer was put together really quick, so the costumes are relevant, the, the CGI TARDIS is irrelevant, so perhaps this is irrelevant too, but I hope it's not. And that's the music, I, I loved the music in this trailer because it it sounded like something from the McCoy era, mm. but modern. Yeah. Does that make sense? I was like, I can imagine that music in Remembrance of the Daleks. And it was such a simple build-up piece of music. And I was thinking, I really hope that that's just a sort of indication of what we're going to get in series 11 is sort, yeah, sort of this yeah. nice because you know like murray did it now and again you know murray's murray's music was obviously quite modern but every now and again he'd throw in like an old school piece or something that sounded very retro um so like in uh right. heaven sent you know he put in a little piece of old music and i was thinking it'd be really cool if we can get back to that sort of classic era feel but obviously giving it that modern twist like they did in this trailer but I don't know if we will. It may just be a short thing they use for the trailer. But did you feel that though? Did you think it sounded definitely? Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Picked up on that. It had a bit of a McCoy eighties. Yeah, I've no idea it. who did it. No idea who did the music. But anyway, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Is Murray Gold coming back? Who knows? No, I, I love 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 Murray's music. But uh, let's let's have somebody new for me personally. That's what I'd like to see somebody new. I'd like a new theme for definite. <laughs> let's have a, a proper big change of everything. Yeah, we don't want that screechy theme anymore. I never did get used to Capaldi's theme, to no, be honest. Me either. That's why I haven't used it in a, a well, a <laughs> no, remix exactly, or, a, yeah. or a fan-made version of it in our show because it's, I just didn't, nah. Screechy violin. Yeah. No. So there we go. Pink TARDIS. Jodie Whittaker is the Doctor. The 13th Doctor. Yes. So that's all our news. Mm. Uh, there's been lots of other little, little snippety bits and so on that we would have covered the last couple of weeks, but yeah talking about the big stuff yes yeah so let's move on thank you guys for sending in all of your questions we're going to rattle through some q a oh right yeah that we like to do on an annual basis so you guys can get to ask us anything you like mostly who related (laughs) 
<laughs> right. So, first up, Connor McHale says, any big finish reviews coming? Well, we haven't got anything on the schedule, have we? But uh, just off the top of my head, because um, I have looked through all your questions you sent in, but I haven't prepared answers, so all of mine are going to be off the cuff. I don't know about you, Gary, but all my answers are going to be off the cuff to these questions. Off the top of my yeah. head, um, I'm thinking perhaps we might do the uh, Tenth Doctor second volume two whenever that comes out because we did the first one didn't we yeah you know the big finish um what was it called temp doctor adventures set we reviewed the first one um and whenever this uh, rose one comes out maybe we'll do that yes i think we should well it was really it was good fun doing the first one yeah or is, the it, is there anything doctor. that jumps to your mind that we could do um anything you want to review big finish wise i think maybe well it would be a bit of a stretch to do all of the monthly range and all that mm-hmm. one because it's a time issue of actually listening, listening to, to it, it. And, stuff like yeah. that. and secondly i don't pick up all of them so that'd be a bit tricky uh, but well, maybe- the thing is a big finish you have to listen to them a few times as well that's that's the only problem isn't it you can't just it's, i don't know i always feel like i need to listen to them a good two or three times to get into them so it is it is a time thing with the big finish and their output is is so much these days that it's by the time we get to review something it's probably already <laughs> six months old <laughs> So I don't know. Yeah. It's good to do one now and again, though. I think. Yeah, maybe we'll do. Um, maybe maybe we'll do like some of the larger releases, like the special ones. Like if there's a big one, like you know, sometimes you know when they release like Dark Eyes box set or yeah, you know, yeah. classic doctors. Classic doctors. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll we'll do those. But that might be a good one. The new classic doctors, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, classic doctors, new monsters. Yeah, whatever that's a good we call shout. it. Yeah, mm. so Connor, yes, potentially some big finish coming. Uh, he says, um, "Fave uh, Jago and Lightfoot story." Right. Um, I assume you mean you mean big finish. Um, I don't know because I haven't listened to all of them. Um, I've only listened to series one and um, the haunting, which they did with Strax. Um, so yeah, I can't. I'm not experienced in jago and Lightfoot enough to answer but so far the haunting for me mm. um, i'm in a similar boat because uh, I've, i bought series one and two out of the sale but uh, haven't had a chance to listen to them yet um so i mean I, I absolutely love talons i think they're wonderful in that but uh, to give a different answer i did buy the mahogany murders which is the companion chronicle oh, which yeah, came yeah. out ages ago um i listened to it ages ago so i haven't listened to it for a long time but i remember really enjoying that so uh, if you mm. want a different answer to talons i'll go with mahogany murders for now but yeah i need to get around to listen to the the ones the other ones i've got like you gary yeah yeah um do you think having the first doctor in the christmas special might overshadow the fact that it is the Twelfth Doctor's last story on TV. Mm, mm, no, no, I don't no. either. In fact, I'm expecting a very. I'm expecting some, some tears. I'm hoping that the <laughs> the moth will write a really touching scene between the two of them when Capaldi goes. Because I'm, I mean, I'm guessing here. I'm just assuming we're going to get the the first Doctor seeing the 12th doctor regenerate and i don't know i'm seeing also i'm imagining all sorts of scenes between those two and so no if anything i think he's going to enhance it i think those two together are, are going to be fantastic so no i don't think it will overshadow it no i think it'll be awesome i think it it's going to be very emotional so tissues at the ready i think for that one yeah uh, and lastly who is your fave doctor blimey connor oh. um, from, it changes every week it does from one to twelve um well, yeah, this week for me, 
or probably would say 12 at the moment. Yeah, 12's up there. Um, I'll go with a classic. There. As, as you've said, 12, I'll go with a classic. I, mean, I always answer Tom. I always answer four mm. because I love so many of his stories. Um, is he my favourite doctor? Oh, hard to say. But yeah, this week I'll go with Tom. Okie dokie. Thank you very much, Connor. Uh, Stan Gallagher says, I have a couple of questions for you both. Um, <laughs> personal favourite doctor. Um, Peter Davison. <laughs> Peter Davison. Uh, personal, f- oh, yeah, I just said, Caraldi at the moment, but it will change. I mean, oh, crikey, now I'm thinking I mean, we about love it. Matt as well. I mean, Matt's, a, Matt's one of my fave doctors, but yeah. I don't like many of his stories. It's uh, uh, Okay, well, uh, Stan's question actually, number one was personal favourite, number two is best doctor, but may not be your favourite. Mm. Oh, crikey. So my personal favourite, I'm going to have to say Tennant to be consistent over the years, but the best doctor at the moment for me is Capaldi at the moment. Mm. But that will change yeah. next week. <laughs> I, I agree with Capaldi. I think he's the best um, uh, at the moment. But like you said, not story-wise, but as yeah. a doctor, he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, best all-round actor to play the doctor. Again, doesn't have to be your personal favourite. Best all-round actor? Best all-round actor to play the doctor. Mm. That's difficult. Uh, just very quickly for me, I'm going to say McGann as an actor. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. McGann's really good. A uh, lot of wasted potential with McGann. Mm. Um, does he mean people that have played the Doctor, or or any actor in the universe? Um, any actor to play the Doctor. All oh, right. So it doesn't okay. have to be your favourite character, as in your favourite one in the show, but your favourite actor that's played the Doctor. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean Capaldi, I think is is probably the best actor we've had. To right. play a doctor, I mean, he's just his acting is is fantastic. If yeah. I was sort of to try and find somebody new, I'd say you know the guy who plays Q in the new Bond films, the Daniel Craig films. I don't know his name. Is it Wish Whitaker, Wisher or something? Oh yes, always, I always thought yeah. he'd be a good doctor. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> yeah, okay. our listeners will know. Yeah, so hopefully we've managed that to answer that somewhat, Stan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Miles McKenzie, uh, favorite Doctor and why? they're going to get some duplicates here aren't we so Mm. uh, favourite Doctor is David Tennant for me Uh, that's because I've got an emotional connection with David Tennant because when I first started getting into Doctor Who I picked up actually on in the Matt Smith years but then because I fell in love with the show I went back and bought the box sets from 2005 onwards and I watched Eccleston's series sort of on and off over the course of a week week and a half and then when I picked up Tenant, I just wa- I binge watched the whole lot. So I watched them all. I watched literally all of his series in a week or a week and a half. And at the end of his run, when I got to the end of time, I, I was just yeah, that hit me hard <laughs> as as a regeneration. That really hit me hard. And Tenant's performance. So that, he's my favourite Doctor. Yeah. What about you, mate? Favourite Doctor. Um... It's it's yeah it's probably Tom uh, fourth Tom. Doctor yeah. um, but then it, because he was the Doctor for so long I mean there are stories of his which I think are fantastic um, mm-hmm. I I do think there's a progression with Tom as well he does change through through the series um, which I like so by the end of his last series he's quite broody um, yeah. in his burgundy outfit <laughs> and uh, I I just by the time he leaves in Legopolis I just think he's in quite an interesting place as an actor and a Doctor so probably Tom. Yeah. 
Um, but he, he's, I don't know, Tom was good at delivering the series and the comedy. That's why I think I put him up there. I think he was, when he needed to be sort of shouting or bellowing or, or bringing the story in, I think Tom was superb at that. And he was also very funny when he needed to be. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, favourite companion and why? Mm. You can go first with this one. Um, favourite companion... <sighs> I've got a couple, really. I mean, Sarah Jane always jumps out as a favourite for me right. because Liz Sladen was just adorable and she works so well with, with Tom's Doctor. But it seems quite an obvious answer. So um, I, the other two that I'm toying with, I really love Ace. I love Sophie Aldridge as Ace. And again, because of the way she worked with, with Capaldi um, and Joe Grant. So I've given you three there. That the, whenever anyone asks me to name my favorite companion, those are the three that I really struggle because I, I think those they're they're all on level for me. If I was right. forced to pick one, I'd probably pick Sarah Jane. But uh, but Joe and Ace are, are two companions I love. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, um, I always flip between a few. Um, yeah, Sarah Jane for me. Um, mm-hmm. Donna Noble. Donna's good, yeah. Um, and Adric. I'm I knew Adric would have I'm, to be in there. I'm joking. Ah. No, uh, no so it's probably a flip between, yeah, Sarah Jane and uh, and, and Donna Noble, I would say. Donna's a good shout. Yeah. She's really good, yeah. Uh, Favourite monster and why? Oh. Oh. I do have a favourite, actually. I know that Adam has a favourite, and I'm guessing he's going to say those bloody trash eggs. No, no, not the trashy. No, not the trashy. No, the Sea Devils, mate, for me. I love the Sea Devils. I think they were were oh. brilliant in the the story of the Sea Devils. I'm not sure I like the redesign by the time we get to Warriors of of the Deep. Oh, okay. um, yeah. But but I yeah. but I just uh, the classic Sea Devils from the John Pertwee era, I absolutely love them. Yeah. yeah fair I have fair. got another one, but I'm going to save it in case it's the same as yours. Gone. Okay. So I'm going to flip between a couple again and uh you've read my mind. So the Sea Devils from, oh, okay. the, from the classic years, the Pertwee years, um, is brilliant. And I know it's very cliched. I know it's very, always comes up as one of the top ones, but the Weeping Angels, I think they're such a great oh, creation, yeah. such a brilliant, brilliant monster that that the Moth has, has given us there. Yeah, that's a good shout. I was going to say the Zygons as well, I think are okay. a really good Doctor Who, Doctor Who monster, the shapeshifters. Yeah, so yeah, those... Those are good ones. Yeah. Uh, last couple from uh, Miles. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea for me. Yorkshire Dale tea. Okay. Yep. Tea for me. Uh, donuts or chocolate? Chocolate. Chocolate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Miles. Um, Rob Kernock says, since the rumour of Chris Marshall as the 13th companion. Oh, yeah. Do you think it might be nice to see two females in the TARDIS? Or do you feel like they could be a safe choice by Chibnall? So Chris Marshall being quite safe because they've already rocked the boat <laughs> with a female doctor. So uh, Chris uh, Chris Marshall was the companion. Um, I'm not sure if there's any basis to that rumour anyway about him being a companion. It's possible, I suppose. But uh, how do I feel about it? Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too crazy about him being the doctor. Uh, so as a companion, yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. I really don't know what to think about that. I, I didn't think, yeah, I, when I first heard that rumor, I was like, absolutely no. Um, but the more I thought about it, I thought actually it could work cause if he was, because what if Jodie needs to be the strong lead, yeah. so you don't want anyone too overbearing as a companion. And I think Chris could perhaps be a little bit too 
overbearing. I don't know. Um, but he, then again, he can be quite comedic. So it could work, but I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to see it. I'd like to, I'd like to see something really different, actually. Um, joking aside, I'd like to see Jodie have like an alien companion or a robot companion or something really different. Slovene. Um, Slovene companion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Travel, or traveling around with Mr. Sin. <laughs> or something, you know, something really different. Oh, no, not, <laughs> no, not him. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I don't think the dynamic would work between those two. So. No, it would be a bit. Well, you never know. Uh, one thing that I always say about the BBC and whoever the showrunner is, very rarely do they get casting wrong. Every single time a new doctor or companion is announced, everyone freaks out that it's a terrible decision. But then when the show comes out, it's like, oh, this is amazing. And this yeah. actor who they've chosen is actually brilliant. So you never know. Do you think uh, 13th could work with Nardle? Because, you know, he was like quite comedy. and Yeah, I think so. I could, yeah. yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Darren Dark says, not the best questions, but it's hard to be creative. It's not hard, Darren. Come on. <laughs> you just need to put a bit more effort in. <laughs> <laughs> Joking aside, Darren says, if you could travel in the TARDIS, which doctor would you travel with and where slash when would you go? That's a great question, Darren. How can you say these aren't creative? That is a great question, actually. Don't put yourself down. That's, yeah. a, that's a great question. Uh, if you could travel in the TARDIS, which doctor I would travel with? I would travel with Troughton. Oh, I was going to say that. How was you? <laughs> yeah, I thought we were gone. Go yeah, I'm going to travel with Troughton just because... Uh, I think he's such a unique character. They're all unique characters, but I think he had such a uh, a unique way of of playing the Doctor. I just think that it would be just great to travel with him because, it, yeah, it'd be fun to travel with Tennant or Matt Smith or, you know, it'd be... Also, my other option actually would be McCoy. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to say Troughton just because uh, he just seems like such a lovable, funny, great character. And I'd probably travel in the future with him because those futuristic stories are really are really good for Trout. Mm. I was going to go with Pat but um, I'll choose a different one then so um, although Tom's my favourite Doctor I wouldn't travel with him because he could be really moody he could be quite harsh to his companions and um, McCoy could be quite manipulative so I'd probably go with the first Doctor actually yeah, okay. I bet he'd be hilarious right. unintentionally <laughs> getting all grumpy yes ship Adam doesn't roll along on wheels <laughs> <laughs> and uh, plus he had a food machine which, uh, oh, yeah. which i'd probably quite enjoy hmm. so uh, i'll go i'll have a trip around the universe with um bill hartnell yeah, yeah i think cool. that would be very interesting in so many ways indeed um, where would we go i don't know um or when where or, or when? when where yeah. or when um i don't know that's difficult um i mean i i yeah i always think the future but then i always think about back to the future the film how they want to, how they imagine it being all amazing and you get there and it's actually all a, a dump marty uh, marty yeah it was a so, bit of a yeah yeah so i don't know where we'd go um i'm trying to think of an important event in time that i should say that we should go and see like when uh something important happened but i can't think of anything the, the who shop in 2050 <laughs> something See Imagine taking Hartnell to the Who shop. That would be amazing. Photograph? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got How it. dare you, madam? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll allow photos. One well, day. <laughs> I shall be back. 
<laughs> That's the perfect answer. Take William Hartnell to yeah. the Who shop. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Uh, Darren goes on and says, favourite master? Oh, that's easy for me. Yeah, go on. Delgado. Delgado, yeah. Mr. is so suave, um, yep. even when he needed to be evil. He was just absolutely on point. Roger yes. Delgado. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Favourite piece of merch? Oof. Uh, Favourite piece of... It, oh, actually, I, I can answer this. I know what yours think. is going to be. Yeah, it's the, it's the Robert, Robert Harris Tardis. Tardis. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Just a beauty. I was going to say the big remote control canine, actually, but no, he's, uh, yeah, Robert Harrop TARDIS for me. Yeah, Robert Harrop for me. I don't own the TARDIS, but my Robert Harrop Sea Devil. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, Dream spin-off. It's an easy one for me because I've mentioned it a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've actually got one in mind, haven't you? Yes. And that is Clive. Mm. Clive from Series 1 where Rose... It's from the episode Rose where she's trying to track down the doctor and uh, she comes across this guy that's been, he's got like a bit of an obsession with the doctor and he's got a whole sort of shed full of information and everything and a website and all that. And I think he's such a great character. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see how he got to that point where Rose meets him. I'd like to see his early carrying ons. Yeah. yeah, I actually think it's a really good idea. I remember when you first told me about that, I was thinking, that's, yeah, that's a missed opportunity, that. Um, I can't think of one, really, because, uh, I don't know, maybe I, I wouldn't have mind seeing Joe Grant back in the day. Okay. I think she yeah. could have had a bit of, you know, her and um, that guy she married. I can imagine those two going off and getting into trouble together. Right. You know, yeah. um, I forget the character's name, but yeah, so I don't know, maybe a Joe Grant spinoff would, would have been fun. No Adric prequel. Oh, no, no, I'm afraid he's blown up. Good, no. good, good. Uh, most underrated doctor. Well, that's, I'm, that's easy for me. Easy for me. Yeah, we're mm. going to say the same, aren't we? McCoy. Oh, really? We're not saying the same? Oh, okay. Really? No, no, uh, that's a good shout, though. Yeah, McCoy is very underrated. Um, no, I was going to say Bill Hartnell. Oh, I was going to say the right. first doctor. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, agree. Yep. But I agree with McCoy as well. That's a, um, both very underrated, I think. I think... McCoy's gained a lot of love over the years, so it's probably why I'd go more Hartnell. Okay. Um, yep. I think a lot of, um, yeah, I think sometimes Hartnell's stories are a bit slow, and he's very tetchy. Let's not beat around the bush. So I think he does sometimes get um, a little bit left behind. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Hartnell for me. Okay. Uh, Doctor Who character you would invite to a party or lash up, <laughs> quote marks, and why? So any character from Who would you invite to a party? Oh, any character? Yes. Any Doctor Who character. Mm. Crikey. Um, well, I like, wouldn't mind having Chameleon <laughs> at the end of the table, <laughs> serving drinks. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe Matt the Destroyer. Would... The Destroyer Ooh. from... <laughs> <laughs> from... Um, what was that Pertwee story? Uh, the Horn... Uh, uh, Demon, Damons. The Damons, yeah, the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Smith of... would be fun. I can imagine him having a few drinks and ah, there you know I am <laughs> giving a good old speech. Yeah, uh, the Melka maybe in the corner. Maybe um, the Ragnos. Ragnos, yeah. yes. Uh, in, all, in all seriousness, I'm going to say I'm going to say Hartnell, mate. Hartnell. Yeah, I think he'd be a right blast. Okay, he would. He'd. <laughs> he might, I can imagine him offending half the people there. Exactly. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's loads. Uh, all those ones you mentioned would be hilarious. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Joe, I'd love to have, um, it wouldn't be a lash up, but I'd love to have, have sort of had a, sat down a lovely chat with Verity Lambert because I think she was oh, a fascinating yeah. character. Yes. But uh, I don't know if she was much of a pie goer. But um, yeah, so Matt Smith for the lash up, maybe Verity Lambert for the nice sit down meal with a glass of wine. Yeah, good shout. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, from Darren, uh, how did you start your relationship with Doctor Who? Was there a particular moment where you thought, this is for me? Mm. Well, I answered that a little while ago with my tenant story. So for you, mate, for me, um, well, mine started literally, it's, it's one of the earliest memories I've actually got as a human being is, is being sat in front of the TV. So I don't know how old I would have been because it's all a little blurred. Really. I have this strange <laughs> picture in my mind of this, of this, uh, Dalek room, which actually doesn't exist. So over the years, my mind's distorted it, but I think, it's from Genesis of the Daleks. I think somewhere along the line, I saw a bit of that. Okay. I don't know if it was a repeat. Because what I what I can picture in my mind, the only thing I've ever seen that slightly resembles it is is something from Genesis of the Daleks, which would have perhaps been repeated back then. Um, yep. But yeah, the the Melka. I remember that's that I do remember <laughs> as clear as day. That Melka statue from Keeper of Trakin. I saw mm-hmm. that as a kid. Um, don't know how old I would have been. Really young. It's amazing that I can even remember it to be honest, because I would have been like three <laughs> two i don't know but that i can picture that again it might have been a repeat showing of the program i have no idea but yeah something hooked me during the tom the end of tom baker's era and peter davison and uh, i was just I, I i'm pretty sure from the word go i was in yeah, yeah. and i think it yeah. might have been the tardis mate because it would have been around legopolis oh yeah i rem- yeah. remember being absolutely fascinated as a kid by this police box Mm-hmm. so the TARDIS probably drew me in it's probably the idea of going inside it and it being massive and because uh, yeah I remember my dad buying me the TARDIS tent when I was a kid and all that so it's probably the TARDIS that drew me in right and it right. would have been at the end of Tom Baker's era Peter Davison's era cool a lifelong fan yeah proper yeah proper, proper old school me thank you very much Darren uh, we're gonna have to rattle through some of these now yeah. uh, George Coppin has there ever has there been any stories that you hated but after re-watching them for the podcast, you really enjoyed all the other way around. Yes. It's happened to me a couple of times, I think. Yeah. Uh, it happened to me with... I was thinking about this the other day as well. Uh, what was the story that happened to me with? It... I don't know. There was one, I remember saying to you, there was one, oh, I've got it, yeah. There was a story that you put on the schedule that I thought I hated so much. I was oh, going yeah. to ask you to take it off. What was that? And um, then, and then when we watched it for the podcast, I was so pleased that we reviewed it because I really enjoyed it. And it was the Sunmakers. Oh, the that's right. Yeah. Story. Tom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought I hated that. I, I remember saying, "Oh, can we? Oh, can we pick another fourth? And we were like, "Oh no, let's do it." And um, and I really enjoyed it. So the Sunmakers. Mm me yeah I, I think it's a mccoy story for me because if any of our long-term listeners know i had a rocky start with mccoy mm. it was one of the doctors that of all of doctor who i i just really didn't like at all <laughs> i yeah. didn't like the theme tune i didn't like mccoy himself i didn't like most of the stories um but it's been such a massive turnaround for me with mccoy so i think a couple of his stories really I remember watching um uh, par- uh, Paradise Towers and the greatest show in the galaxy very early on when I got into Classic Who and I thought these are just disasters 
Mm-hmm. Absolute, you know, but I mean, Paradise is still not, you know, still not amazing, but I, I enjoy it a lot more after watching it to review. Yeah. And the same with The Greatest Show, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. I'll tell you one that went out, not for the podcast, but I remember Midnight is the biggest switch around I've had on an episode um, from watching it live and thinking it was absolutely awful. Oh, right, yeah. Yep. And then when I watched it again, uh, I didn't watch it for ages. I think it's probably a couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't watch it again, and I loved it when I rewatched it. I thought it was such a good episode. I don't know, don't know but I really didn't like it the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you very much, George. Jay Kent he says, which actor would play each of you <laughs> in the biopic of your life? And in Celebration of 13, which actress would play each of you? <laughs> Crikey, Jay. Ah. Uh, uh, um. Wow. Oh. Blimey. I have been compared to Danny DeVito before now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just go with him. Um, he's, he's still kicking around. Yeah, Danny DeVito would play me. And female, Dawn French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this is very difficult. For me, I'm yeah. probably going to say quirky. Let's do Richard Adawadi. Oh, well, that'd be cool. Me. And if it was a woman, probably, oh, I don't know, Sue Perkins. Ah! <laughs> I suppose. Good shout. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a nice curveball. Thank you very much, Jay. Uh, Harry Walker says, what are your opinions on Doctor Who animation? So the likes of Schalke, Infinite Quest and Dreamland. Oh my God, I haven't watched them for years. Blimey, yes. Um, my thoughts on animation is I absolutely love the idea of animated Doctor Who. I really do because I've got such a massive heart for all things animation. Animated films and TV series are some of my favourite stuff. Um, And I I would love for there to be a dedicated animated something of Doctor Who. Um, As, you know, in terms of those stories, I mean, Schalke, that's pretty old now. Um, Well, the other two as well. The Infinity Quest and Dreamland, that was the David Tennant and Martha when they tried their hand at animation, wasn't it? They weren't that great, to be honest with you. The animation was a bit clunky, even though it had a respectable budget. Um, I didn't really enjoy them that much. They're okay. Um, and Schalke, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, they're all right. I'm like, I'm like you. I like the animation. I'll tell you the one that surprised me then, because you kind of summed up my thoughts there, mate. The one that surprised me was the colour version of Power of the Daleks, which when they announced it, I right. thought was pointless. And I was like, you know, absolutely not. No, should always be black and white. Not interested in the colour. No. And then when I watched it, it actually looked really blimming good. And I really liked yeah. it. So yeah. um, to my surprise, and I know, I know a lot of people won't watch it, because they were like me. They were like, no, 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 I'm not watching Colour. Give it a watch. It's actually, you know, it doesn't erase the black and white when it's actually really nice in colour, that animation. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for animation, but it's, it's a shame that Doctor Who never gets uh, a bigger budget or more time to do these things, because even the power one um, could have been much better, but it's still good. So, yeah, I'm all for animation. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we're going to have to skip a few of these because there's so many. We'll be here all day. So yeah, uh, let's go to uh, Dean Jones with London Film and Comic Con, just around the corner. Favourite guest signing and photo. So, oh th- right, what, what that we've had. I um, think so. Yeah. Well, I got to admit, McGann was blimmin' 
Yeah. Fantastic yeah. when we met him last year at LFCC. Mm-hmm. He just was like, yeah, just really, really nice to meet. Um, Deborah Watlin sticks in my mind because of recent news, because of that lovely chat we had. So okay. yep. I'd put her up there. Um, I don't know. You liked McCoy when you met him, didn't you? I really liked McCoy. Liked McGann as well. It's hard to pick yeah. a favourite. Um because sometimes they're they're different at certain conventions as well, like yeah, especially Colin Baker. Sometimes mm. he's on form and he's brilliant and lovely. Other times he's a bit quiet and a bit whatever. So it's difficult. Um, I'd probably say I would say McGann for me actually. Meeting him last mm. year and having that photo with him on the Tardis set that was awesome. Really mm. good. I had a good little chat with him as well. Sophie Aldred's always really nice when I've met her. That's really true. like Sophie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's have a look. Uh, uh, we've answered a few of these already, so I can skip past some of these duplicates. Um, Sammy Satine. She says, uh, what does Doctor Who mean to you? Mm. Wow. That's kind of a deep question. It is deep. Um I guess I could sum it up by saying, really, Doc, I mean, Doc Two, because I have grown up with it since I was tiny, it, it, it's been with me all my life. So for me, it means, um, how can I put it? This is going to sound so cheesy, but it, uh, what's that word? It means bringing people together, but I can't think of a Community. word for that. Community. Yeah. Um, that's what it means to me because most of the people that are in my life are have got some connection from I've met them through Doctor Who. Right. So mm-hmm. um so for me it's a very important part of my life. I mean, doing this podcast, um, going to LFCC, the amount of people that I'm gonna know this weekend at LFCC are all through Doctor Who. So for me it just it's just this thing of bringing people together. Um so it's a very important to me. But but as a show itself, uh, it's the same thing. Uh, what I love about Doctor Who is that it's a show about being who you are being kind to people he's a character that solves problems without using a gun and i just think that's very important so it's yeah that's uh, yeah might be a bit cheesy but that's what it means to me yeah uh, for me it's um yeah i don't think i've ever had a tv or any film really that's had this much of an impact mm. on my life really um i think the closest things that would come would be star wars Mm. Because that's sort of my first love of star of sci-fi, if you like, and it's some of my earliest memories. Yeah, you know, as a kid uh, watching Star Wars and stuff. So that's a very close second. But yeah, I just nothing's really had this much of an impact. I don't think I've fallen in love so much with a, a TV show or film as much as this before so quickly. Well, as, you know, as soon as I started watching it, it was you know from that point on, it's just been non-stop Doctor Who. Pretty much every day since then. Yeah. So for the past, you know, for me, for the past four years, five years now, it's just been constant Doctor Who. I mean, it's, it, you know, doing this podcast on a, you know, every week with you is just amazing. And like you say, the community as well. So when we go to Comic-Con, we're going to bump into so many people that we know as a result of Doctor Who. Yeah, you know, without, and it's so diverse, and it? it's yes. like every everything is such a diverse universe. Doctor Who, that's what I love about it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm doing something with Doctor Who every day. If I'm not, if I, if there's a day that goes past where I'm not watching an episode, I always listen to the soundtrack. In you know, every day while I'm working, I've mm. listened. To, I must have listened to that soundtrack every day 
for, for three years. That's no yeah. over-exaggeration, yeah. So, or I'm doing a bit of Doctor Who artwork, or I'm talking to somebody about Doctor Who, or I'm unboxing a piece of Doctor Who merchandise, or I'm reading a Doctor Who book. It literally is every single day. It's mm-hmm. Doctor Who, yeah. So it if means that soundtrack was a vinyl, it would be uh, worn out, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be scrubbed <laughs> the out. The grooves would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd been, so, yeah, thank you, Sammy. That's a deep question. But, yeah, in a nutshell, it means a lot yeah. to both of us, yeah. Uh, and let's do the last one here. Um, uh, Hern, Hern, Herndell or Hundrel? Um, it's Hundrel, isn't it? Hundrel, yeah. Hundrel, I think. Making me think now. I think it's Hundrel. Hundrel for me, yeah. Yeah. God, that's a, that could get us into a can of worms. Oh, crikey, yeah. Uh, right, that's going to do Q&A because there's a, quite a few on here, but they're stuff that we've already answered. So thank you yeah. so much, guys, for sending in your questions and so on. We like to... To, to do that yeah on a on a yearly basis so next up in the show top fives mm. these are questions some of these questions we get asked all the time so uh, there's probably not a week that goes past where we don't get asked at least a couple of these every week yeah now i have to caveat this and it's a bit of a cop-out but i have to caveat some of these and say that these answers change all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I Doing think you'll agree. this list was not easy. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. So we're going to do our top five classic episodes or stories, our top five modern Doctor Who episodes, and our top five big finish stories. Yes. So you go first, mate. Your first classic story. Classic. Um, just out of interest, have you put yours in order? Because I couldn't do that. So, the, like, for example, the one that I've got, number one, is not like my number one. Oh, these no, are just, no. Yeah, yeah. No. These are just like my top five, if I was going to say, watch them. Yes. Um, yeah. So my first one is uh, The Seeds of Doom, Ooh. the fourth Doctor story okay. uh, about plants coming alive and stuff. Um, and I, and it's funny because I every time I can never remember, because there's The Seeds of Doom and The Seeds of Death, of death. which is the second Doctor. Yeah. And I can never remember which way around they are. So to be <laughs> clear, it's the fourth Doctor one. Um, it's a, a six-parter or is it even seven? I can't remember now. It's quite a long one, but it's almost like, it's almost like a two-parter and then a four-parter because it's almost like two stories, but they come together brilliantly. It's a six-parter, um, yeah. It's a six-parter, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so the first two are sort of set... Um, set in a different location and then we move on to this old uh, mansion house and stuff and just the atmosphere in it it's creepy it, it's brilliant tom and liz are on great form nice location work and um yeah it almost feels like two separate stories but they do blend brilliantly together and it's uh it's one that although i absolutely love it i haven't watched it for a while but the last time i watched it I was just sat back thinking what an absolutely classic piece of television this is from the music to, to, to the direction to everything about it. It's so good. Um, it's probably one of the, it's quite a dark story. So it's not like, um, you know, it's not like city of death where you, you know, if you're in the mood for something a bit comedy, you'd put on city of death that you could just sit back and, (laughs) you know, you know, all the lines. This is quite a serious, uh, Tom Baker story, but I, I love it. So city of death's definitely in my top five, I think. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. First choice for me is the Pertwee story, Inferno. Yes, good shout, yeah. I think this is one of, I think this might have been the first or the second Pertwee story I ever saw. Uh, actually, yeah, it was, because I think, um, what was the uh, the first story he did? 
Um, what, Spearhead? Spearhead, yeah. I think Spearhead was the first I saw. Mm. Actually, yeah. So this would have been the second one. So uh, Inferno is a fantastic classic story. It's one of those... You know, when some when someone says to you, what do you like about classic Who? It's one of those stories that has all the ingredients in there that make up just a brilliant classic Who story. Yeah. Um, it's a... Uh, it was a... Um, uh, it's quite long. It's seven episodes. Um, but they are only 25 minutes each. Um, so it's not too bad. Um, but the story just rolls along really nicely. It, it, it does slow down maybe just a couple of times mm. during the middle. But other than that, it's a cracking story. Pertwee's brilliant in it. Uh, the Brig's really good in it. Um, uh, Liz, uh, Liz Shaw. Um, uh, she's a great companion in this one. She's quite a strong sort of female companion. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's got some really good effects. Uh, just the overall, yeah, it's just a really good classic one. If you're definitely in the mood for classic queue, you've got Sunday afternoon spare, uh, especially if you haven't seen this one, then uh, yeah, Pertwee's just brilliant in Inferno. Yeah, I must admit, Inferno was was my next one. It's, it, I absolutely agree. It is one of my favorite stories it's uh, although it's a seven parter when they start going into the whole um alternative universe stuff it it, it takes it onto another level keeps the momentum yeah. going so yeah. it is good um as you said inferno um i'll i'll pick a couple of other pertwee ones instead because i would definitely put inferno up there right um but just briefly i'll throw in the one that you just mentioned spearhead i think is a great story mm-hmm. uh, a great introduction story to pertwee's doctor um and the sea devils which you mentioned earlier um is another great great yes. pertwee story so yep. yeah i'd put any of those up there Cool. Number um, two. Number two. So I'm going to go with, um, and this might be on your list as well, but it's Remembrance of the Daleks is quite possibly one of my favourite ever Doctor Who stories. Um, despite, you know, the production being uh, perhaps not <laughs> at its best by that point, wobbly Daleks and all that, um, I just think the actual story itself is brilliant. And I, I genuinely never get bored of watching it. It is a story that I can put on again and again and again, and I love it. Um, so Remembrance it is quite possibly, if I had to put one at like the top, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely up there. Okay. It's, as I said, it's only really sort of production standards, which aren't actually that bad, all things considered. But, you know, if you can imagine that being done with today's budget, that story would be phenomenal. Yes. Um, it's yeah. a brilliant story. So Remembrance Daleks is, for me, an absolute must. Okay. Uh, number two for me is Pyramids of Mars. Yes, good shout. Which is a Tom Baker story, which always gets thrown into top fives and top tens for very good reason. It's uh, it, it's just a it's one of these only stories for me which I it just doesn't lag at all for classic Who. It just really nicely moves along. It's got some great. It's got a great villain in there. Sutek is just a fantastic yeah. classic villain. Um, Sarah Jane's really good. It's some, you know, it's part of that early relationship building with 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 Tom and the Doctor, and uh, yeah, and then we've got those really cool designed mummies that just look even. They're so iconic. They look great even today. So, and Tom's brilliant in that as well. It's got some great yeah. stuff in there and. Uh, the guy with the fez. We've got a first look at a fez in Doctor Who. Um, 
uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, it was he. What's his name? The guy that played the organ in the big house. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, can't remember his I name. Uh, Scarman was a great character. Mm, creepy. Uh, both of them, the two brothers, really, really cool. So yeah, Pyramids of Mars, really, really cool. I love it. Never get bored of watching them. Yeah, it's another good one. Um, I tried to, I tried to sort of mix up the doctors in my top five list. You know, I was trying to sort of pick one from each. Um, but I've, I've got to be honest and say that you know, most, a lot of the stories that I put on my top five are fourth doctor stories. I think there's so <laughs> many in Tom's run. Yeah. So although you've just picked a fourth doctor, uh, my next one is Terror of the Zygons. Oh, okay. um, I think is a is a brilliant story. Um, obviously fourth doctor and the brig together we don't get that very often because this is sort of coming towards the end of units time or doctor who but but i think it's a great story i love love the tardis team in this with harry sullivan and and sarah jane and and tom very early on in his (laughs) doctor and and stuff um i think it's a great story very very creepy in places um you know the the bit in the barn where harry's fighting with zygon is 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 like something out of a hammer horror Mm -hmm. um so i think i think Terra Zygons is a classic. It's amazing how long it took them to bring them back to the new series. So for a long time, you know, the, the Zygon characters just had their own one story and they stood out from that one story in a really big way thanks to how good it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Terra Zygons, I'd, I'd say, is a good one. Cool. Um, number three for me is The War Games. Mr. Troughton. Yes. Uh it's one of those it's always daunting when you talk to people about the war games or whatever because as soon as somebody hears that it's 10 episodes long they think are you joking yeah there's no way i could watch all that but it really is one of the best one of the most brilliantly written uh classic who stories Mm. it's got so many good there's a bunch the cast list is huge for the 10 episodes it's got a bunch of great characters in there um and it's a really, really good send-off for Pat as well because it's his regeneration story. And it's he plays that last those last few scenes, he plays them so brilliantly. Mm. And uh, it, it's just a fantastic story as well. It's the old-time sort of World War I set drama, but it's got a you know, huge sci-fi you know, undertone to it. And it's just it's a fantastic story. I love it. It is. In fact, funny enough, that was my next choice. And oh, uh, we my. didn't discuss this beforehand because you wanted it to be a surprise. But War Games is, is the next one on my list as well. I think it's a phenomenal piece of television. It Every time I watch it, it amazes me how um, how much it flows, considering it's 10 episodes long. Because mm-hmm. you, you start off and you think, episode one of 10. OK, here we go. And it really does. It's, it's, it's a great, amazing piece of television. Yes, there's a, there's a lot of... Um, escape and capture because <laughs> they've got to fill out the time but it, it works well um so yeah war games is up there for me mate if i was going to throw in a, a curveball then because you've mentioned it um i'd probably throw the mind robber in as one to yes. watch that's a fun yeah. uh second doctor story um which with plenty going on so i you know i always can put on the mind robber and just find it a really entertaining piece of television but yeah, yeah. but war games is a is a a masterpiece i think it's a classic piece of television agree yes yeah. uh right so what number are we on now i've just done my number three hmm. um number four was going to be the war games for you was it yeah yep. yeah okay okay so i can speed this up a bit so number four and my final number five are ones that you've already picked right so, i thought there would be yeah so number four for me is the seeds of doom 
And for reasons like you said, it's just a brilliant story. Really, really cool. Um, yeah, just never get bored of watching that one. And number five is Remembrance of the Daleks. Yeah, I thought that'd be on your list. So, yeah. yes, um, when I reviewed this many moons ago, uh, I didn't like it at all. That's because I was in my can't get my head around the McCoy era. I just can't get on board with it. I can't relate. I can't like it, you know. Um, but now I'm not going to say too much because we're going to revisit this in a review. But uh, yeah, I think in terms of classic Who, it is one of the one of the top stories in classic Who. Yeah. Yeah. So that just leaves your number five, mate. Number five, this uh, might be a bit of an odd one, but I think the pilot slash Unearthly Child, the first episode, um, are absolute must-see for any Doctor Who fan. I think it's a phenomenal piece of television. Um, I can never decide which I like best, the pi- the actual <laughs> pilot episode. Uh, by the way, I'm talking about the William Hartnell pilot episode, not mm-hmm. <laughs> the Beta Capaldi. Um yeah, I just think it's the first episode. I mean, we went on to review it, and actually the rest of um, Unearthly Child, parts two to four, um, are entertaining in their own way. But the, the very first episode and the pilot, um, I just think are must-sees. It, it's, a, it's a brilliant start to this television series that just opens up all these questions of who is this man, what is going on, what is this TARDIS machine? It's it's brilliant. I was wondering if you, if you were going to put that on there. I was thinking yeah. about putting it on there. But I thought it was too obvious. But, um, yeah, what a way to start a TV series. Just completely mysterious. Who's, who are these characters? You know, that's a massive risk to take, mm. is to not establish who your characters are. To just leave them very, you know, what's going on? What is this police box? And, yeah, it's just fantastic. There's no other way to say it. It's just fantastic. Yeah. I, I hesitate about putting in the top five because I know after episode one, the rest of the story changes dramatically and um, they are quite slow in comparison. But but I think, yeah, I think the first episode itself deserves its own place, really, because it's, it's just brilliant. Cool. Um, have you done your number five? Yeah, have Remembrance. You yeah. Okay, because I'll just quickly say the other ones I had on my list, because I knew we'd have duplicates, but <laughs> other stories that I just think are belong up there would be stuff like the brain of morbius fourth dot story i think it's brilliant <laughs> case why you I've, got, arm. I've got that on my runners up list yeah brain of yeah. morbius yeah case of androzani um earth shock <laughs> uh visitation five doctor stories they're all good war machines i love as the oh, first one mate and finally the one that was so close to being on my list but, and i still think it's great is is the five doctors i think it's a really fun <laughs> Great piece of television. It's fantastic, yeah. Yeah. Shall I read you my runners up? Go on then. My runners up are Earthshock, yeah, the Visitation, yeah, the Five Doctors, <laughs> yay, um, uh, and uh, one that might surprise a few of you, um, in my runners up list is Vengeance on Varos. Oh, you're joking? No. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'm not a fan of that story. I know you're not, but I think mm-hmm. in terms of you just like Seal. Classic, yes, Seal, yeah. Uh, so that's our top five classic moving on top five modern doctor who stories yeah i'll kick off this one uh number one for me is a tenant episode and this is midnight oh yeah. yes that's the one i mentioned uh midnight hang on yes yeah, one you mentioned yeah, one i mentioned yeah. earlier isn't it yeah 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 so for me this one is the best acted written stories of modern who I think that uh, 
Russell T. Davis just really made use of the actors because it's a very isolated boxed in story. There's in with exception to like the outside shots where you see like the, the, um, all the mountains and all the landscape made out of sapphires and all that stuff. There's very little in the way of special effects or anything like that. It's all down to the actors creating the atmosphere and the tension and all that. And it's just a really fascinating sort of human story. You know, it's sort of metaphorically deals with, you know, how we react to crisis and how fickle we are as as humans and and all that. So it's just a brilliantly well written story. I love and, mm. and David Tennant is he's amazing in it as well. Really good. It is a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that I gave it another chance because I loved it on a second watch, mate. So yeah, good choice. Um, my first one on the list. I'm sure this is going to be on yours as well, but <laughs> um, but it's another tenth Doctor story, and it's the Waters of Mars. Ooh, is it not is on my a, list? No. Is it not on your list? No. It's one of my favourite stories right. from the Tenant era. Um, again, I think he's absolutely on fire in it, um, and it's beautifully shot as well. Like the, you know, they, they sort of keep the effects quite sort of basic on when they're on Mars and stuff, but it looks beautiful when he's walking away from the base, and you can see he's really fighting with his conscience mm-hmm. about leaving them, and it's the music builds, and it's and it's really scary as well because I think. A lot of the tenant stuff tends to be, you know, it's got its moments, but it could be quite fl- light and fluffy at times. You know, this is proper scary. Reminded me of classic Who, with like, you know, the these guys, all this water coming out of their mouths and the voice and everything. It was it was proper atmospheric stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, Waters of Mars is is in my definite top five. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I love that story. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two for me is a Matt Smith story, and it is Vincent and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I think in in terms of an episode stirring emotion in people, this kind of hits the uh, hits the nail on the head for me. It's just one of those really nice uh, sort of historical take uh, stories. Richard Curtis does a really good job with this one. Um, yeah. And the end scene is just phenomenal. It gets me every single time. Mm. Um, it's just something different as well. We very rarely do we hear a song you know, a modern song in Doctor Who. Um, but the way it was included, it just fits perfectly. And um, yeah, uh, Tony Curran, who plays Vincent, is brilliant in this. Very, very good casting. It's just a really, really good story. It's just, yeah, great story. I love watching it. it well, yeah, that's that's on my list as well. So I'll just, I'll just agree with you there. Because Matt Smith, I think, is a fantastic Doctor. But when I look through the, his list of stories, I struggled to find many that I really, really like. Um, but this one definitely jumped out at me. Right. It's uh, beautifully shot. Um, oh, yeah. And it's a, it's a beautiful story. And like I said, it's uh, quite often when in the Matt Smith era when they're trying to be emotional, it doesn't always hit the mark for me. But this story definitely does. Yeah. yeah. When the athlete song comes in at the end, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So that's on my list as well. Um, so shall I jump onto my next one then? Um, which would be... It's another 10th Doctor, actually. It's oh. Utopia. Oh, I had that on here as a runner-up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I recently rewatched it, and I just... I mean, I, when this went out, 
Oh, I just went crazy. The ending is just amazing. The build up to to the master reveal, to the regeneration, to the doctor being locked outside his TARDIS. It's a brilliant episode. This, um, and it's it's good because it's not a filler one. It's not just a build up to the regeneration. It's actually got a good story going on inside it as yes. well. If you know what I mean. So it stands well on its own. And then to have this brilliant ending to it just just brings the episode up amazingly. But what I'd forgotten about it when i rewatched it uh, recently was um there's scenes like with tenant and um john barrowman so the doctor and oh, captain yeah. jack when he goes into the radiation room and that and there's this really lovely scene of them talking through a door um just just having a chat just like mates and it's a brilliant scene absolutely it's just a really well acted really nicely written scene between the two actors that i just thought in the middle of an uh, middle of this brilliant episode just works so well at just bringing it down and having this this little scene in it so yeah utopia fantastic cool that was on my runners up list yeah uh, so number three for me is a capaldi story and i know this is on your list uh go on oh uh mummy on the orient express oh Yes, uh, it's not on my list. All oh, right, okay, but it is a good one. It, yes. is, it did nearly make it actually. Yeah. Okay, uh, I looked through the Capaldi stuff and I, um, I didn't struggle. I did. Just well, I didn't struggle with Capaldi because it, it, it's a bit, and I, I blame the moth for this. <laughs> <laughs> I do blame the moth, the poor fellow, but it, in exactly the same way with the Matt Smith stuff, I think that they are just amazing doctors but the stories i struggle to pull out as like greatness you yeah know? Uh, mm. so for me mummy on your express is one of those just awesome sort of build up again it's one of those stories where it's like a master class in like building up tension and atmosphere and so on it's got great characters in there as well um the uh frank skinner as perkins I thought it was going to be like a Matt Lucas situation. I thought he was going to just be there for just light stupidness, comic relief, but he ended up being a pretty good character. Mm. Uh, some of the other people on the, uh, on the train, the opening scene is brilliant with the, 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 the mum and the, the daughter discussing it. And she starts freaking out because she can see the mummy and, you know, and the timer appears on the screen as well. That's something different sort of breaking the fourth wall. Mm. um yeah it's just a, a great fun episode and capaldi's really good in it as well he's one of his one it's, of his best from uh from series eight. eight yes it's a good choice i, I definitely if i was going to pick out some capaldi because there's no capaldi on my list i'm afraid oh, okay um right. but if i was going to pick him out i would say that one and i remember liking flatline although i haven't watched it for a while okay um right. but yeah mummy definitely stands out as a as a 12 doctor when i would have picked if i'd if we were doing a top 10, it might have been in there. Oh, yeah. um, for me, this is this is one where I really struggled, right? Because there's two there's two Ninth Doctor two-parters. <laughs> and one of them is my favourite two-parter since the show returned in 2005, even to, ne- even to now. And that is Bad Wolf, Partner of the Ways. That is my favourite two-parter since the show came back. I absolutely love it. But the other one that I love is Empty Child Doctor Dances. So I could not decide which to put on my list. And I think, and this is weird because I think I, I think I love 
Doctor, um, Doctor, uh, I think I love Parting of the Ways more, but I'm actually right. going to go with Empty Child and Doctor Dances because as an overall story, um, you know, I mean, the other one's a Dalek story and all that, but as an overall story, I think I think Empty Child, Doctor Dances is fantastic. And we, we recently, oof, not that recent, but we reviewed it not that long ago and we both loved it, didn't we? It was such a good story with this creepy gas mask child. So... Yeah, one of those two two-parters is in my top five, and I'll be honest with you, I can't decide between the two, but I think perhaps Empty Child slightly edges it for me. It's, I think it's a great story, you know, okay. very atmospheric, some good humour in it. Chris is great in it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what's his name, old um, Victor Meldry guy, even though he's hardly in it. It's a great scene with him and the Doctor, Dr. Constantine. Yeah, it's a brilliant two-parter, that. Cool. Uh, my number four. And I struggled between two stories for this one. <laughs> um, so my number four is The Parting of the Ways. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. I'm glad you've put it in there because it is one of my favourites ever. Yes, I really struggled between this one and The Doctor Dances and The Empty Child. I really struggled between, just like you, just that internal battle. Like, I really love this story, but this story is also great. And mm. the characters in this one are brilliant, but it, it was a real sort of, tug of war in my brain for this one so but i think the part of the ways is yeah it's a great ending for a doctor and it's a great story as well it's it's got so, so many scenes in it i mean the, the, yeah. i love the one the bit where he sends billy back yeah, to earth in the tardis he's like he's like yeah you go in i'll be there in a minute and she shuts the door and then it's chris's face isn't it and he just gets the sonic and makes the tardis dematerialize i so many scenes in it and then the, the holographic speech to her about having the good life i mean i that makes me ball my eyes out every yeah, time yeah. it's it's a brilliant piece of television um yeah it's it's definitely up there mate. i'm glad you put it on because i struggled between that one and and the other two parts but it's oh, yeah. so good so good and it, uh, the daleks are proper scary in it as well they are, yeah they actually you know that scene yeah. where it comes up outside the ship and kills linda in silence is you know, it's horrible. Is a, is a, yeah. it's horrible and classic scene. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, the last one on my list, it's a 10th doctor story. It's a two parter. Oh, is this probably, yeah. Yeah. Is it the same as yours? Maybe go on. It might not be because I struggle between two again. So let's see. So I've gone for human nature, oh, family of blood, right. um, which, uh, yeah, written by Paul, Paul Cornell based on the, I think it was the seventh doctor, wasn't it? In the original novel. Am I right? That's saying right. that? Yeah. Yeah, so he tweaked his original novel um, to make it a tenth doctor story. Um, I just—it's just a great concept. I mean, I, I hadn't read the original book, so f- to me, it was all fresh and new. And uh, just having the, the doctor's consciousness or whatever trapped in this fob watch, and him thinking he's human, and then really actually wanting to stay human because he was quite liking it, and he fell in love, and all this sort of stuff, and that tied in with all the other stuff going on—the creepy scares. I mean, the ending of it is still quite shocking for me what the doctor does to the when he traps him in the mirror and leaves the guys the scarecrow at the end it's quite shocking the ending um but i think it's a brilliant yeah. part of that one really yeah. really good and the cast are really good in it as well and um and i think um martha jones is good in that one i know she gets a lot of flack she's sometimes, okay but yeah. i think she's good in that one yeah so that's yeah that's up there i think i know what you're going to say then because there was another two-parter <laughs> that i so nearly picked but go on yeah so um family of blood that um that two-parter was on my runners-up list, mother of mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> so number five for me is The End of Time, part one and two. Oh, no, it's not what I thought. Okay. Tenant yeah. story. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
just because it has I have such an emotional connection to that story. Um, it really did leave me a a, a wreck mm-hmm. after I after I watched it for literally. And that's that's one of the things when Sammy asked us in our Q and A, what does it mean to you? It's one of those factors because I don't know of any other film or TV show that's left me just a wreck for days afterwards. Mm-hmm. And even now, when I hear Vale Dachem, the, the music from the end of that, I just can't do it because it just turns me. And, mm-hmm. and it's a shame, really, because I love the story. I absolutely love it. I think it's a brilliant. I know it gets a lot of flack um, for certain reasons, but it's, it's you know, and a lot of people say it's too wishy-washy with the doctor going off to see his companions one last time and mm. it's all too you know, indulgent ind- people say yeah that. but i just i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think the amount of work that david tennant put into that show for the what was he involved with it for four years five years altogether russell t davies and julie gardner and you know all, all of those phil collins and all of those people that poured their heart and souls into it for that long and let's be honest, the show hasn't done as well as that since it, it's come back, mm. you know? So I think they absolutely deserved to be as indulgent as they liked, you know, in those last, you know, last couple of episodes. So it just really hits me. It hits me every time. And it's just a, a, a two-parter that I cannot fault just from an emotional connection for me. And mm. it's a great story as well. It's a really good story. You know, Rats yeah. on and Time Lord's coming back and uh, Wilf, brilliant in it. and Oh, he's yeah. so good in it. It's just brilliant. It's got some beautiful scenes as well. The cafe scene. Yes. You know, with Wilf and stuff. It's just the whole thing. Russell T, that he just smashed that script. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I have no problem with the indulgence. I must admit, I, it comes up a lot, doesn't it? But I have no problem with that. Because like you said, the whole team were moving on. And, you know, I get the feeling we might be seeing something similar from, from the Moffat uh, at the end of his era this Christmas. So I don't have any problem with it. You know, no. why not? Let's let's all get a bit self-indulgent. Why not? The, the one that I thought you were going to say, because um, I forgot how much you loved The End of Time. I forgot that. Um, I thought you were going to say Silence in the Library and uh, Forest of the Dead. Forest of the Dead, Cause yeah. I, yeah, because yeah. that was the other two-parter, which I think is a... F- fantastic um story uh and, and a really interesting one as well like the whole concept of it i think the mothball um came out with a really good two part of there so that was what i thought might be on it um the only other one that i nearly put in but again changed it for utopia was turn left oh right. um, yeah i remember uh, i haven't watched it for a while actually but i remember really really rating that as a great story but i think it is perhaps slightly more filler than utopia that's why in terms of what it leads into okay. i think utopia yeah. stands a bit more on its two feet so but yeah oh yeah i had utopia on the runners-up list um mm. the waters of mars family of blood story i would have put money on you putting waters of mars in your list as soon as i wrote that i thought <laughs> oh that'll be one of gary's i'm really surprised but, well it was uh, yeah yeah it was that or the end of time uh, oh, i also had the single eccleston story dalek uh, that was on there. Yeah, that's good. Um, and another one as well, Matt Smith story. I think uh, can't remember. It was a Matt Smith story. Mm. So that's our top five modern Who stories. And again, I have to remind everybody these will change if we do this again. They do, yeah, yeah. In literally just a week's time, maybe they'll change. Mm. So, uh, and let's finish up with Big Finish because we do get a lot of questions about Big Finish. This we get asked a lot, don't we? Yeah, we get asked an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you can kick this off there, mate. Number one, big finish. 
number one big finish. Um, funny enough, I was going back through and a story that that um, is really good and I haven't listened to it for a while and I'd almost forgot about it. I started looking back through my collection. Is a seventh doctor called Colditz, um, okay. which uh, doesn't get mentioned a lot. And um, like I said, even I'd kind of forgotten about it, but it's, it's brilliant. It's the seventh doctor and ace. It's quite early on in the big finish run. So you can probably pick it up for like two ninety nine as a download now. Okay. Um, but that's, that's, I just remember getting to the end of it and thinking, that was a brilliant story. Um, and it, it introduces a few new characters like this character of Klein and stuff, uh, from what I remember. Um, if I'd have had more time, I actually would have loved to have gone back and, and listened to it. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't get time to do it. But I, but I do remember getting to the end of it and thinking it was brilliant. So cold it. So I'm just looking on the Big Fish site so I can tell you the the number of it. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's in my top five. Cool. Uh, I'll come num- back to you with the, the rest in a second. Okay, number one for me. Um, this might not come as any surprise to anybody, but I'm a huge fan of McGann's on Big Finish. Mm. Um, and the first one for me is The Chimes of Midnight. Oh, it's awesome. You'll get, you'll hear this story mentioned a lot. I mean, there are, there are two stories on my top five where if you get into conversation with people out, about Big Finish, especially if you want to get into it, then these couple of stories will come up all the time. So the first one, yeah, is Chimes of Midnight. It's, it's just a brilliant example of when you don't need to be visually seeing stuff to be, you know, uh, scared or to be, you know, uh, to have a fantastic story. The, the sound design and the tension and everything else that goes with um, this story. It's, it, oftentimes you'll hear Adam and I say things like, you know, big finish have absolutely smashed it and they've knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. You'll say you'll hear us say that all the time. And that's because the amount of um the amount of work that goes into their sound design and everything is just top notch. And uh yeah, it's just it's brilliant. So this one, um he with his companion Charlie, Charlie Pollard, um, and they land in um uh on Christmas Eve, they land in the pantry of a very posh house. And it turns out that the staff there are being controlled by uh, the house itself. Um, yeah, and it, Paul McGann's brilliant in it, and the story builds up really cool. And it's just really, it's a really eerie story. It's a great one to listen to late at night. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to say, I think I think Charles Midnight's actually one of the best ever. I'll 100% agree with that. Um, I had a feeling you'd put it on your list, and so I, I didn't put it on there, but I'd I'd probably put it out there as one of the all-time best. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, just quickly going back to Coldest because I, I didn't have the details from it before. It's 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 set in uh, World War Two, um, and it's uh, yeah Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred as Ace, and uh, they bring in this this character um, Tracy Childs plays a character called Klein in it who pops up later on in some of the big finished stories and it's really good. Okay. Um, but the next but the next one on my list is again one of the early ones and it's uh, it's one that actually got turned into Dalek and it's Jubilee. Oh yeah, uh, yep. starring Colin Baker as the Doctor, and it's it's very sort of similar to what ended up being Dalek uh, with the Ninth Doctor story. Basically, um, it got got rewritten to accommodate his Doctor. But the the audio, the Big Finish audio, is still worth listening to. It's written by Robert Shearman as well, um, but it's a bit more gritty. It's actually quite um, it's quite a dark story. Um, but Colin is 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 brilliant. I mean, he's great on Big Finish anyway. Um, but he's really good in this. So if you imagine, like, imagine how good it was when um, 
the ninth doctor came face to face with that dalek in that brilliant scene so if you can imagine sort of colin's doctor doing the same thing and uh it's really really good and again because it's in the early big finish range you can pick up the download for like 2.99 so yeah definitely recommend listening to that one um you'll you'll hear the similarities between that and dalek but it it doesn't detract from this being a, a brilliant story cool uh number two on my list um which is the other one that you'll hear mentioned a lot around big finish it's always up there and people's favorites is spare parts yes uh which is the peter davison uh story um knocking around with nissa <laughs> and it's one of the it, it, you're you would have also heard about it when the capaldi finale was kicking around as well when that first got announced so with the mondasian cybermen and when yeah. we got into the whole you know is it a true origin story for the Cybermen and all that stuff? Um, to me, in my opinion, this is one of the best Cybermen stories um, that you'll come across in across TV and audio. It, it's it's just one of those. Everything clicks into place with this story. There's it, it, the it just moves along so brilliantly. The supporting cast is really good. It's got a sizable cast in this one, and uh, and yeah, just the the way that the Cybermen are introduced and explained is fantastic on audio. It's, it's a great story. And it's also, um, it's also a great Davison story. He's particularly very, very good in it. Um, yeah. So if, and we, we've said this a lot of times as well, doctors that you might not have been fans of in their TV run. So particularly Davison or Colin Baker, potentially McCoy, they're brilliant on big finish. They've really been written in a way that, sort of takes the good bits of what they had going for them in the TV run and just expands on those, you know, those bits, if you like. So they, they're written very, very well for Big Finish. Really good. So Spare Parts is number two for me. Yeah, and I think Spare Parts is what you might call a must must have and if you're going to get into big finish yeah. it's just one of those stories you've you've that chimes of midnight they're absolutely up there as two stories that you really should get into Simon stories i think gets a bit overshadowed by spare parts is uh, a mcgann story called the silver turk all oh, right you mentioned which, this, um, didn't you? yeah yeah i it's number 153 in the monthly range so it's sort of much later on um and it's just a brilliantly atmospheric story like the music design in it's great um i couldn't help but think when we got uh when we got nightmare and silver remember that dreadful 11th doctor story <laughs> yeah. there was a scene with this um sort of half built cyberman or half destroyed cyberman playing chess um in a room that was quite creepy and i kept thinking well they've, they've taken this straight out of you know they've obviously been listening to silver turk because it, it's just brilliant the use of the cybermen in it they're proper scary they're sort of mondasian style but a little bit tweaked um yeah, yeah. mcgann's awesome in it but uh yeah although again i haven't listened to it for a long time i remember absolutely loving this and it's stuck in my mind every time someone says oh can you recommend a big finish story silver turk instantly jumps to mind i really really enjoyed it and uh yeah as i said i think it perhaps gets slightly overshadowed by spare parts so it's uh, if you want you know if you a lot of listeners may have listened to spare parts already if you're looking for another really good sideman story check out the silver turk it's really good cool uh right number three for me is a colin baker story on big finish mm-hmm. and this is the story davros oh good one yeah so Davros is, as as you know, he's popped up numerous times um, across uh, across the TV series over the years. Um, and 
they've always um, sort of portrayed him as this um, sort of maniacal, crazy, you know, uh, almost suicidal kind of uh, character. Um, and they, they, I would say that the Capaldi, what was the Capaldi story that kicked off? Was it series nine with Davros? Um, oh, well, the magician's apprentice. Yeah. Was that series nine? It was, wasn't it? Start. Yeah. 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 So they kind of touched. So one of the, uh, one of the things in this story, uh, Davros is, um, uh, he's basically, he's, he's trying to portray to people that he's turned over a new leaf, you know, that he's, uh, um, you know, humanity, it's basically the human race is, uh, is going through like a huge change. Um, and he's sort of playing one of, uh, like a quite a famous sort of scientist throughout the galaxy. And he's sort of trying to portray to people that, you know, he's a bit, he's redeemed himself. He's no longer this sort of crazy, you know, monster making Frankenstein sort of character. And he's trying to turn over a new leaf and Colin Baker, the, the, the interaction between Terry Malloy and Colin Baker in his story is fantastic. Terry Malloy is really good as Davros, isn't he? In the uh, oh, he's he's yeah. excellent. Yeah. So this story really does explore the whole relationship between the Doctor and Davros. They they kind of pinched the idea a little bit. The Moth pinched it for um, the Magician's Apprentice, where the, uh, in that story Davros lured the Doctor there because he wanted to apologise and make amends and all that stuff. But it was just a big ploy to to sort of capture and kill the doctor. So they, it's this similar sort of thing there where, you know, Davros is putting out this sort of facade that he's, you know, redeemed and, you know, is a different person. And the doctor's sort of having none of it. Um, and it, it's just a fantastic listen as well. Um, so again, those of you that weren't fans of Colin Baker in his TV run, uh, I think you'll be surprised with some of his big finish stuff. And Davros is a really good example of him uh, sort of acting his socks off, if you like. So, mm. yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a really good shout. Yeah, I remember really liking that that audio as well. Um, next one in my list is, uh, is a bit of a curveball. It's uh, it was a subscribers bonus special, but you can buy it. So, uh, Big Finish used to do this thing where if you subscribed, you got like a, a disc that wouldn't be available till the next year. Um, I don't think they do that anymore. But anyway, it was called an Earthly Child. Uh, and it's an ape doctor, oh, yeah. St- yeah. an ape doctor story. Uh, it's and it's the one where he actually goes back um, to to see Susan. In fact, from I think she sort of almost summons him back because then the world's in trouble basically. So ba- the ape doctor meets Susan, um, and it was a great story. She also gets to meet uh, Susan's got a son by now, um, and it's a bit of an in between story because. I'm a massive fan of the Ape Doctor Adventures, so not the monthly range. He does have some really good stories in the monthly range, but they did a separate thing where the Ape Doctor travelled with a companion called Lucy Miller, and they did four series of that, and they're brilliant. I mean, yes, one you know some stories are better than others because there's you know four series of it, but yeah. but on the whole, the standard of the Ape Doctor's Adventures is really good fun. Um, they're all about 45 minutes to an hour long as well, so it's a nice self-contained little story that you can easily listen to um but this one as i said was a subscriber special so it it sometimes gets a bit lost in the ether but Mm -hmm. it does fit so nicely into series four um but you don't need to listen to the others to enjoy it um but it's just mcgann and susan together it's it's just brilliant his you know she's obviously cross of him because she hasn't seen him for a long time and it's (laughs) you know the doctor finally goes back to meet susan something i've been wanting to see 
uh, on the TV series, which they have not done. So for me, this is a great little audio. Um, and it, it does fit brilliantly into series four of the Ape Doctor's Adventures. And there's quite a shocking climax to that series. Um, and I think this enhances that. So if you're by any chance listening to the fourth Doctor Adventures, Ape Doctor Adventures at the minute, um, then make sure you get this one because it fits really nicely into what actually does happen at the end of that series. Um, and if I've been saying fourth Doctor Adventures instead of eight, <laughs> have I? Because no, I do that a lot. No. Yeah, it's the eighth Doctor Adventures I'm talking about. So yeah, this is a good one. It's uh, it's available um, as a normal purchase now. So at one point you could only get it if you're a subscriber. But uh, yeah, it's worth seeking out. It's a good little story. Oh, cool. Uh, right, uh, number four for me, is kind of a recent one. Uh, I say recent, it was out last year. And it's a Tom Baker story, and it's called The Labyrinth of Buddha Castle. Oh, I've not heard this one. Yeah, so it's from, um, uh, what range is it? I think it was number, yeah, so it was the, so it was the second episode in the fifth uh, sort of run. Um, and it's a really, it's a, it caught me on the hop, actually. Because um, initially I thought that I would pick like big successful stories like Dark Eyes or um, like Doom Coalition, those sort of things. But this one really caught me on a hop because after I listened to it, I was sitting there thinking, wowzers, you know, did I actually listen to all of that um, in an hour? It's about, it's just over an hour. It's like a 60, 62 minutes or something. But it's got so much good stuff in there. So essentially the story is... It's a good old-fashioned sort of Dracula story is what it is. So the Doctor, um, it's a Doctor and Romana story. So uh, they they land in the TARDIS in Budapest. And what's happening is uh, um, these sort of army soldiers, it's not unit, but these army soldiers are getting sort of killed in the, the underground systems underneath this castle. And uh, the um, the Dracula character... Um, and I'll not spoil it for you, but, uh, you know, you know, is he Dracula? Is he not? Is he a vampire? Is he not sort of character? Is, um, is sort of turning a few, few of them into his minions, uh, sort of thing. And the doctor, it basically turns into a sort of a witch hunt story where they get, they bump into quite early on, they bump into this character who's a, who's a bit of a vampire hunter. And, uh, she's been hunting Dracula for, for quite a few years. And she initially mistakes the doctor as, as Dracula. So there's quite a funny sort of um initial meeting between them. Uh and and then they go off in sort of the hunt for you know this Dracula person. And you know it's quite you know you'll be not you won't be surprised to hear that it's not actually Dracula. Uh because you know the doctor sort of debunks that immediately. He says like you know he was friends with Bram Stoker, you know, helped him do a bit of research for his fictional story and all that stuff. But it's it's amazingly well it got really well reviewed mm. when it first came out and um sometimes i feel that with big finish the monthly range can sort of come and go and you miss them yeah you know so you, it, I, i'm sure because i've missed so many monthly range stories over the years i'm pretty sure that there's loads of cool little hidden gems in there that i've not listened to yet and it just so happens that this one i picked it up just because i was on the big finish website at the time i didn't even plan to buy it I just was on there. I was like, oh, the new Tom Baker stuff's out. Let me just pick that one. And I'm glad I did because it's it's brilliantly written. The cast is very, very good. 
And it's one of those, again, it's one of those stories where everything comes together nicely. The sound design is brilliant. The voice acting, Tom and Tom and Romana are great together. And, uh, and, and it's one of my favorite Tom stories as well. For some reason, he's just really, you know, we were saying earlier that sometimes Tom can be a bit sort of broody and, mm. you know, so he's like the opposite in this. He's right. very laid back and funny and, uh, he has a couple of little mo- couple of moments where he's quite angry and stuff, but it's a fantastic story, and it's only an hour. You don't have to, it's not like a big box set you have to sit through and and stuff. It's a great great story. So that's number four for me. Cool. Okay, number five on my list, and I've kind of saved one of my favourites for last. Actually, this is a, a companion chronicle story. So basically, it's where the companions take the lead. Um, but this one is clever because it's a, it's it's a sort of eighth Doctor companion chronicle. Um, sort of starring the companion Charlotte Pollard, uh, played by India Fisher. And what I love about this story is, so it's 4.12 in the Companion Chronicle range, um, is that Charlotte Pollard, who's a great companion anyway, she's companion to the Eighth Doctor in the monthly range, or a lot of them, she goes into this toy shop and she doesn't really know who she is or what's going on. So that's how it starts. So she's a bit lost. The, the owner of this toy shop is the celestial toy maker. Oh, right. right? <laughs> so then it all starts to unfold. And so all of a sudden he gives her this doll, which is uh, like a mannequin doll of the eighth doctor. So she sat there with this mannequin doll. And then the whole story is like, obviously the celestial toy maker playing games to, for her to get out of what turns out to be, well, not a toy shop. She's kind of hidden in this sort of, um, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, like a labyrinth that he's created. And oh, it's, right. it's a really, really great story because a, it's great to have the celestial toy maker back. B it's brilliant having the ape doctor as this creepy man, mannequin doll that's sort of speaking to her through the doll so i from what i remember i'm not sure if i'm ruining things here but i think you do get a bit of a cameo from mcgann from what i remember but it's a great story and charlotte pollard's a great companion so she really carries it so even though the doctor's not in it much it's a bit um i suppose you you might compare it to a bit like blink where the doctor's not in it much but his presence is totally there if you get me um it's it's a it's a brilliant story and it's one that i've always always liked um and i always recommend it to people if they're saying you know what what big finish shall i get so even though the doctor's not necessarily in it very much um i highly recommend this story i loved it i i listened to it when i was out traveling um a few years back and uh just remember sitting on this train and listening to it all the way through and getting to the end and just thinking that was that was <laughs> awesome like um the the person playing the celestial toy maker is uh david valley um who the, the name might not ring a bell um he's obviously not the original actor but he does a great job as the celestial toy maker he's so creepy in it <laughs> and um and and so you know it's clever the way that the little games that they come up with that he plots out for charlotte to play because you almost sort of find yourself playing along as well so he gives her lots of riddles and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you're sort of sat there yourself trying to work them out as the story unfolds so yeah highly recommend that um it's a nice little cheap um uh download as well so yeah good one to get a nice one dude yeah, sounds good something a bit different as well if you know what i mean if mm. you've got loads of doctor stories you're just looking for something perhaps just a little bit different but still doctor who that's that's a good one yeah cool uh was that your number five was it Yes, I think so, yeah. Uh, So my last one on the list then uh, is The Haunting. And this is a Jago and Lightfoot and Strax story. Oh, yeah. Now, this was one that I was very unsure of at the time when I saw Big Finish announce this. I thought this is a bit of a strange pairing, Jago and Lightfoot and Strax. It seems very... 
very weird. Um, but it actually worked out very, very well. And so basically, Strax ends up in Victorian London. Uh, very dazed and confused. He's had some kind of um, episode happen to him. And he mistakes Jago and Lightfoot for Vastra and Jenny. <laughs> so he's kind of up in the air. He doesn't know what's going on. Um, and he goes off on this wild adventure because, yeah, at, at this time, what's happening is some some person or some being is uh, stealing um, people's brains straight out of their head. And it all sort of culminates in this uh, everything leading back to this massive uh, Victorian house, which is supposedly the most haunted house in London. And there's like strange things going on there. And it's um, sort of Jacob and Lightfoot immediately sort of spring into their investigative mode. So if you've seen the talents of Wang Chiang or if you've listened to any other Jacob and Lightfoot stories, you'll know that those two play that really old school Sherlock Holmesy kind of investigator vibe so well. And the banter between them and the comedy is brilliant. Mm. And when you throw Strax in there, you think it's not going to work. But it does. The, when the three of them are in the same scenes together, it's so funny. But it's also quite creepy as well at the same time. Mm. Uh, so I think for me, number five is this one. It's a, it's a quirky little story. Um, again, it's only, well, it's a bit longer. It's about an hour and a half, this one, uh, just under. Uh, but it's, it, I don't know, it just works. The three of them, you wouldn't think that it, that it would work throwing Strax in with Jago and Lightfoot, but it does. They bounce off each other really well. And uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it's just, can't say any more. It's just a, a great, great listen. And it's very funny, but creepy at the same time. And uh, fans of Jago and Lightfoot will like it because they're in it a lot. It doesn't sort of, they're not supporting cast, the Strax or the other way around. They all have equal uh, sort of listen time. So it's really good. And uh, yeah, the late Trevor Baxter. So um, yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, I remember being hesitant about that, and it was announced. I was thinking because that was one of the when they were just starting to get the new series license and stuff, and they were mashing things up. And I remember thinking, "Oh, is that a is that a good idea?" But yeah, it's a it's a fun listen actually. That one, yeah, I, I will agree with you. Um, I'm just going to throw a couple of other quick ones in there before we wrap this up because there are some other great stories that I think deserve a mention. And um, light at the end, I thought might be on your list, but that's a really good multi-doctor story that they did for the 50th. Yes. That's on my right. runners up list. Yep. Yeah. Um, Holy terror uh, where we get uh, Frobisher the penguin. Um, this is <laughs> another one where you might look at it and think the doctor's traveling with a companion, uh, with a penguin as a companion. What's, what's that about? But it's a great dark story. Nowhere near as, as comical as you'd expect it to be. It's really, really good. Um, and ties in nicely with a lot of the, uh, old, um, six doctor comics that used to be around in the day. So that's really good. Um, what other ones do I have? Actually, I think most of them you've mentioned like chimes of midnight unit dominion was a great box set. McCoy. Um, yeah, yeah. McCoy one. um, Oh, The Scorches was the other one, which is a companion chronicle with uh, Joe Grant. And um, Katie Manning gets to do a lot of crazy voices in that. Um, And it's another good example of something that's really funny at times, but then really switches to being dark in in terms of its tone. And that was another one that I really enjoyed. So The Scorches is a good, fun companion chronicle as well. Cool. Uh, A couple of runners up for me. Um, uh, One that was out a couple of years ago, McCoy's story called We Are the Daleks. 
Oh, yeah. That was a really yeah. good one, him and Bonnie Langford. Good. Yep, that's really cool. Um, the Dark Eyes box set, we can't really ignore that. Some of that's M- good. McGann's yeah. best uh, on Big Finish there. There's a really old one, which back in 2001, um, with um, uh, which was a Colin Baker story, which also starred um, Christopher Biggins called The One Doctor. Oh, that's really good. I really like that one. That's a really fun listen that one it doesn't take itself about that yeah it doesn't take itself too seriously uh and it's just a great it's basically christopher biggins is pretending to be the doctor do you know what i must i must go back and re-listen to that because that is a really fun story yeah i've forgotten about that one yeah colin baker turns up and you know he's quite perturbed that someone the two of them together are great aren't they Yeah. yeah so that's a really good story and then lastly um uh, one a companion chronicle that you wouldn't think would be any good because i'm not really a huge fan but nicola bryant uh, did one called Perry and the Piscon Paradox uh, back in 2011. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, um, Colin Baker's in it for a couple of scenes, but it's basically a a five and six Doctor story. Uh, and that's a really good fin- uh, really good listen. Um, but you wouldn't think so. I'm not really a huge fan of Nicola Bryant, but she's very good in that. Yeah, a good example of when sometimes the TV character works much better on audio and stuff. Um, the only other one that I've just suddenly thought of as well, which you reminded me when you talked about Colin and uh, Terry Malloy together, is uh, The Curse of Davros. Oh, The Curse, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's another good one that I really enjoyed. Uh, that wasn't, that's not even that old, is it? I think, oh, it probably is now. It's probably a couple of years old. But 2015, I think. Is it? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, if I was thinking it probably came out a couple of months back. It's more like a couple of years. But yeah, that's another good story with the two of them bouncing off um, each other nicely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our top fives. <laughs> I hoping that's given you guys something to uh, to go on. So when you're asking us questions about what do we recommend and all that jazz, especially the big finish, we you know we've only done a couple of big finish bits in the past. So uh, mm. hopefully that gives you a bit of an insight into what we like and what we Keep think. You going for now? <laughs> yeah, what we think you should be listening to. So that's our top fives. Right uh, before we get on to our giveaway. Uh, next week we're going to resume normal service. So we're going to go back to news and merch and then a review episode. So as current Doctor Who is now finished, we're back on to classic Who. So new listeners, if you're not sure when there's no newer Doctor Who on TV, we alternate each week between a classic episode and a current episode from 2005. So next week, Adam, what are we going to review, if you can remember? Just grabbing my lapels because we're going back to the first Doctor story next week. We're going to start with the first Doctor with the Ark. The Ark, yes. The Ark, yeah. Uh, one that I haven't seen in a little while, I will be honest. Me either, actually. <laughs> yes. uh, so this one, what is it? It's a four-parter, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, it, it must be a long time since I watched it because I remember when you put it on there and I couldn't even think what it was was like the arc what what's that but now i've seen the pictures i do remember it so yeah looking forward to that i haven't seen it for a long time so yes i like a bit of hartnell i'm definitely in the mood for a bit of hartnell given yes. recent events yeah Stephen and dodo <laughs> yeah dodo, dodo. <laughs> right so that's gonna be next week so look out for the facebook post and twitter for that because we'll ask you for your reviews as per normal our giveaway so to celebrate kind of, I suppose, to celebrate us coming back for 150. We've got a cool giveaway. Uh, so our friends over at zoom.co.uk have given us a copy of the very cool Series 2 Blu-ray Steelbook to give away. Oh, it's lovely. So thank you very much, guys, for that. <laughs> uh, now, very simple question. 
for most of you. Uh, you can send us in via email, you can tweet us or Facebook, whatever you like. The question is thus. What job does Rose Tyler have at Defrey Vale High School? Mm. What job does Rose Tyler have at Defrey Vale High School? So you need to go back to series two and find what episode it is and give it a watch to find the answer. So yeah, not really fuss how you give us the answer. You can any social email, whatever, uh, and then we'll post. Uh, we'll, we'll announce the winner next week. And we'll post it straight out to you. We'll also throw in another couple of little goodies in there as well for you. So the Series 2 Steelbook Blu-ray up for grabs. We'll put this question up on Facebook or whatever as well. Uh, So yeah, we'll announce that next week and uh, we'll get it posted out. And I think after nearly two and a half hours, (laughs) that's episode 150. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with us. It's been a long show, aware of that, but we have had lots to talk about, i.e. big news. Yeah, big, big news. Some sad news, but some big news as well. Jodie Whittaker will be joining us as the 13th Doctor. Yeah. Let's all be nice to each other about that one, shall we? (laughs) <laughs> the dust has settled a little bit now we can yeah. now let's start building some bridges again being back to this cool awesome fandom where everyone's nice and very different opinions but everyone's nice hopefully <laughs> hopefully he says <laughs> uh, so yeah next week you have two things to do you have to get your review in for us for the first Doctor Story The Ark and you have to send us if you know the answer to the question for the giveaway, what job does Rose Tyler have at Defrey Vale High School? Look out for that stuff on socials. And that's going to win next week. In the meantime, check out the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on there, plus you can link off to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that jazz. And there's also buttons on there to go off and subscribe for the podcast itself. So... Um, if you want to listen on uh, Google uh, Google Play uh, podcasts or uh, iTunes, there's a big button for iTunes. We're also back on Stitcher now, apparently. They've sorted out their mm. problems, so we're back on Stitcher. And if you're an iTunes listener, if you could give us a rating and a review, that would be marvellous. <laughs> that really helps us a lot. Check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Oh, yeah done some fantastic videos the most recent one remembering remembrance is such a good little video I, I, honestly mate it's a really really good video oh cheers buddy it's great stuff yeah. so check out the geeks handbag on youtube facebook and twitter and all that stuff you won't be disappointed with adam's shenanigans <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to london film and comic con this weekend we will see you there come up and say hi we'll do a high five we'll do a fist pump a selfie whatever you like Talk about Doctor Who. Until next week, my name's Gary. And my name's Adam. Remember. And...